What's up and welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And joining us today, all the way from Germany, Mr. Robert Ranitsky. Hello. And MoGraph is a supplement to our site, MoGraph.com, which is a motion graphics tutorial site with tutorials, plugins, podcasts, and other MoGraph stuff. And on the show, we talk about everything ranging from motion graphics to Cinema 4D, After Effects plugins, render engines, doing business, doing taxes, being a contractor, or working for the man. You can email us, info at MoGraph.com. Let us know what you think about the show, questions, comments, concerns, queries, grievances, show topic ideas, artist suggestions. We're up for anything, noob or expert. Hit us up. Ask the question, and we'll do our best to give you terrible answers. Yep. Like this one, <laughs> we got an email here from Kevin Rupp. Yeah, I was just about says, to ask if, if you were going to talk about Kevin's email. Yes, uh, it starts out, have you seen Breaking Bad or The Wire? Oh, no, just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> it says, <clears throat> with taxes coming up quick, yeah. would love a quick discussion on freelance taxes, W9s, 1099s on your show. Thanks, guys. I feel like X-O-X-O. we should have a dedicated tax episode. Like, we should start finding a tax expert now. Well, if we have an actual tax expert, if we bring on somebody, if we don't bring in on anybody, if we just talk about it, That's I think that would be terrible advice. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. Well, hopefully he's listening right now, and, and we'll do, like, a mini discussion right now, and maybe this will lead to some other questions and stuff, but, you know. Oops, hitting my mic. The, the finger thing means the taxes. Right. So... Uh, we're we're coming up on tax season, and the thing is that this changes depending on what country you're in. So, yeah. and even what state you're in. So, yep. what I can tell you a little bit, if you if just in general, because it wasn't a very specific question, but W nines, ten ninety nines, ten ninety nines, you have to give to your contractors, mm-hmm. right? And then they have to report that. Um, if you're new to that kind of thing. On each side, here's the deal. Well, number one, if you're a company and you're putting out 1099s, they've got to be sent. Oh, they should have been sent out by yesterday, I believe. So our 1099s, we sent to our contractors and to like our instructors from ograph.com and whatnot. And then those people have to report that money on that 1099 and we report that money. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) there he is. Phil, why is tax? Uh, oh, yeah, yes. here's, here's Kevin. Maybe he can expand on the, the questions or whatnot. Now, uh, now with those taxes, you are responsible for keeping track of those taxes yourself mm-hmm. and paying those taxes yourself. I, I'm kind of curious, Robert, like what is that situation like where you are? Do you have the same kind of system when it comes to keeping track of contractor fees or? What, hello, I just can't hear you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's actually, I, I did hear you quite well. Um, hello again. Um, I, I just, man, I, w- I wish I didn't hear that question because that topic, <laughs> like I said, like I said, I have, I have, I have the stuff floating around. Just, I, I just opened it yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. I pulled it out of my uh, letterbox from the studio because I haven't been to the studio, to the actual studio for the last six, seven weeks. So I went there like yeah. a week ago and I, and I emptied the, the mailbox just to see what is in there. And I, I waited a couple of days to open it because I was scared. Um, <laughs> so taxes is, of course, a huge, huge thing in Germany. I mean, we pay a humongous amount of taxes. Uh, so uh, like income taxes is around, it's about between 35 and, and 45% roughly. Um, wow. So it's it's a lot. Um, so Do you have health care, ha- though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, healthcare and everything. I mean, I wouldn't complain. See. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I know where the money is going. I, I hate paying taxes, but I have to pay taxes, obviously. So, I, of course, you know, you pay the taxes, but at least I know what you get for it. You know, in, in Germany, the, right. the social system is, is pretty good. You have health care. You, um, you have something that's, you know, when you get unemployed, if you get laid off. You get some money. Um, you get you get pension. I mean, even even it's just a little. So everyone should, you know, put in uh, his own or her, her own money into a pension, into a private pension. Um, mm-hmm. But in generally speaking, the show, the social system in Germany is really good. It's it's probably one of the best. Um, so I'm happy about that. And of course, mm-hmm. you have to pay for that. And of course, the other thing is, if you look at the, if you just go out of to the streets and everything, everything is pretty clean and uh, you know set up and you can go into the the outmost suburb in the middle of nowhere and still you have paved roads and electricity and everything you know so it's it's uh, you know you know where the money is going but then again yes it's a lot and it's also a lot of pain to to keep track of taxes and in fact i've just switched my my what you call it tax consultant um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so that's that's a whole lot of (laughs) change coming in and you know, my, my new uh, tax consultant, I've known this, um, it, we're almost friends, you know, I've known him for about 18, 19 years now. And he has nice. his own little um, firm now and he takes care of that. And a lot of it is, do- is done electronically now versus my old tax guy who like had to use envelopes, put in the, the invoices, send them to him, <laughs> send stuff back and forth. It was ridiculous. And now um, hopefully everything will be a bit smoother and electronic and but yeah, I'm always in an anxious moment whenever I have to do my taxes. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, don't talk know. to me. How you know, much I'm is like, gonna have to be paid. Yeah, <laughs> I, I berserk. Do you? Know? <laughs> but do you have to pay in Germany? Do you have to like manage your own taxes for contract work, or or is it automatically taken out when you do contract work there? How does that That's part work? Well, um, usually when you when you write an invoice, let's say you write an invoice of a thousand euros or let's say a thousand dollars for that matter, um, mm-hmm. you you always put um, um, a tax on it, right? So the tax is used to be sixteen percent. They reduced the tax in Germany um, starting from July to December from nineteen to sixteen, so that mm-hmm. um, things are cheaper if you buy them privately. Um, you know, to support the the whole Corona situation, but now it's back to nineteen. So whenever you, whenever you, put in an invoice for a thousand euros or dollars, then you add ninety percent on top of that. So one thousand one hundred ninety mm-hmm. that is. So that is what the client okay. will pay you. So you have to make sure that the one hundred ninety extra, the tax money, um, mm-hmm. will go back to the to the tax, um, you know, to the state. Or let's say if you buy something for, let's say you buy a camera um, that costs 1,190, um, you don't have to mm-hmm. pay the 190 for the, for the tax because basically that's, um, that's, that's the tax part that you don't have to pay because you only pay um, the actual 1,000 euros um, for that camera. So it equals out. Um, and mm-hmm. depending on how much you, you spend, sometimes if you, if you get more tax in, let's say you... Let's say you um, you invoice two thousand, so that would be two thousand three hundred and eighty. So the three eighty um, would have to go to the taxman. But if you buy a camera for one thousand one hundred and ninety, only one ninety, only half of the tax has to go to the taxman because then you can keep mm-hmm. the other one ninety 
because you just um, purchased a camera that is used, obviously, for, for business um, purposes. Does that make sense? See, it, it makes sense, and I, I feel like a lot of it's just automatically built in there, whereas in the States, if you're a contractor, you're just billing yeah. a certain amount. And, yeah. and it's up to you to say, okay, well, I'm going to bill a little extra for this and put some money aside. And, and then there's yeah. the whole thing about income tax and social security tax. Now, if you're like a, a private contractor and you're just working under your own social security number, you're paying social security tax on that money too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that's where it really gets a lot of small business owners in the States because you, also, you have to match your own social security. Mm-hmm. So social security here is what 7.5%. So as your own company, you have to match that at 15% and that goes mm-hmm. into social security. Now I have to preface it by saying we're not tax consultants not tax and consultants. make sure you verify all this in your mm-hmm. state and blah, 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 avoid where prohibited. However, one of the, one of the big things that you can do is incorporate in order to help yourself in the United States mm-hmm even if you're just a contractor, because mm-hmm. if you become a, like an S-corp here, mm-hmm. then you're paying yourself, they're not actually dividends, but they're, they're like dividends, you're, you're paying yourself, and you don't pay Social Security tax on that money that you make if you do it that way. So if somebody's mm-hmm. paying your corporation, mm-hmm. then at the end of the year, you get a form that says, here's how much you made the the taxes pass through to your personal income and you pay income tax on that money. But what you don't pay is social security. So that 15% can go away or you could set aside that 15% and you could use that to like for your own yeah, for retirement, your own retirement account. Mm-hmm. And, and that works a lot better. Um, that is something hopefully that will help some people. I know some people don't realize that, but that's, that's the one thing when it comes to even setting up, something new for example um my i'm working on a class it's taking forever mm-hmm. matt is just starting to work on a class and we're mm-hmm. talking about okay well how are we going to get paid from these classes because we are going into this as an instructor just like the other instructors mm-hmm. are all mograph aside you know right now we own a production company over here we own mograph over mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. And so, so our money is coming in from doing production company stuff. We've got MoGraph money that's being set aside and going into future developments. Yeah. So if we're doing a class, it's like, okay, well, if, if that company is going to pay us 1099, then all of a sudden we got all this social security tax we got to pay for. So it's like, do I want to start another, uh, S corp yeah. <laughs> on top of the ones we already have so that I can like, you know, move the money in there and not pay all the social, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the U S that all this stuff is made, you know, with. I like the idea of like when you're sending out an invoice or something automatically adding the taxes on top of it, like people get used to, you know, okay, this is your day rate, but I'm going to need to add a certain amount for taxes. You know, I mean, there's, there's there's two different, there's two different sets of taxes. There's there's ninety percent. There's seven percent. So, for example, for usage rights, it's only seven percent. And there's mm-hmm. also different tax forms for I think food is different um, and hotels is also different. So you might have a, um, an invoice that has two different sets of taxes, and you have to split them yeah. split them out. But technically, it's nineteen and seven. Whereas in the U.S., as far as I as I know, you have for every state has is different. Mm-hmm. Every tax, city right? has every different city tax. Has yeah, sales tax. 
Like right. for example, yeah. ours is uh, 8.25, you know, and then mm-hmm. you go to the next city over and it's like seven and a half. Mm-hmm. It's like, but then right. there's also certain industries where that doesn't apply. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. in, in our yeah. industry and also if you're, well, it's not as much now as it was before, but working out of state, you didn't apply any of that at all. Yeah. Now you kind of do like, especially like Amazon and stuff, they charge the problem in the, in the, in the States with using, uh, with just adding that tax. Like, let's say you, you're a contractor, you're billing a thousand dollars, right? Well, you can't say I need to add in $300 for taxes Yeah. because it's not officially set aside. Right. So you then put out, uh, an invoice for $1,300, mm-hmm. You are responsible for the taxes on that thirteen hundred dollars. You know what I mean? It it has to be an official government thing for you to charge that and pass that money through, or else you're just you're just charging more, yeah, and therefore paying more taxes. There's it 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 would never. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's like for example, like you know, we we do a little bonus around tax season sometimes, you know, (laughs) to like help us pay our taxes, but then we also have to tax ourselves on that so it just slowly gets <laughs> more ending. and more and more yeah. that you gotta pay year. every year but yeah. but you know it seems like it seems like you don't have to lay open your your taxes you know because i know i know certain people in the past didn't have to um open up about their taxes so uh yeah i yeah no yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah totally i'm paying taxes i swear yeah. the the thing about um taxes too uh, as contractors that you are supposed to be paying quarterly. Now, some people do that and some people don't. It's not the end of the world. You do get penalized. Mm -hmm. And and so a lot of people do that. Depending on how much you make, it may be nothing, you know? Yeah, and I just can't do... I I have a hard enough time doing taxes once a year, let alone... I I just cannot get my... I'll pay the penalty. To to speak speak (laughs) of experience... um, here in Germany, it, it, it's, it differs from, from, from your income. So depending on how much you make, uh, like in the beginning, you can do it annually. Like once a year, you mm-hmm. collect everything, you set it off, and then you have to pay. Um, and then, but also depends on, on the business form that you have. If you're a freelancer or if you're like, a, like an incorporated, um, but or if you're just like a single, single person a company, it's all different. But, um, but then it can go from from annually, like once a year, to quarterly, to monthly, um, and mm-hmm. it, for me it was annually, then it was quarterly, and and now it's now it's monthly. And um, I, at first I hated Jeez. it because like like every month I have I have to I have this you know this nervous Big breakdown of having to yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> like it's like it's yeah. like a day where I cannot I cannot be creative um, yeah. You just have you to be angry numbers. the yeah. whole time. It's I cannot yeah. touch pixels. I cannot think about ideas. It's yeah. just like it's like tax day. So I go in grumpy and I leave grumpy because it's like yeah, oh it's tax day. But next day is fine. Yeah. So um, but that is better <laughs> in, than being like like in a nightmarish situation for a full week or even longer. If you if you collect yeah. everything together and you go like oh shoot where's that invoice again and where's that where's that bill and where and what was that again that i that i built or like you lose track of things yeah. and if it's only a month then then it's a little bit easier so um that's that's something that um that i learned you know better yeah. better do it get it done and yeah. um yeah see i keep track of the numbers good, good enough but the whole tax part of it oh man 
But see, the thing is, I sit down, I do my personal budget every two weeks. I do the MoGraph budget every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And it's like, do I really want to add tax on top of all of that? I have Mm -hmm. a hard enough time just trying to get through my budgets once a month. It's just like such a pain. I don't know if we're answering any of the questions that Kevin has. Just keep track of all of the things that you can write off. You know, uh, do you have any specific questions? I mean, I think that's the most important thing is, you know, keeping track of like, you know, the important stuff like things that you purchase, uh, mileage for your car, mm -hmm. you know, different subscriptions, you know, your your Maxon subscription, your Netflix (laughs) subscription, you know. Yes, Kevin's. Uh, yeah, that's, that's actually a good point. I mean, that's that's one of the things that, I mean, as old school my my tax consultant was, and I mean, he did a decent job for like twenty years. So um, it's not that I was just unhappy, but um, he he educated me well, and he said like you know write off anything you can, everything that just makes sense mm-hmm. in any regard. I mean, mm-hmm. technically. Yeah. Technically, you could even write off Netflix, you know, like it's not yeah. it's not kidding because I we're do. working, I do. Yeah. you know, and it, I, I don't, but I technically I could, but it's it's the entertainment industry, like you you purchase a DVD or a Blu-ray or whatever, um, then you, what you have to do here in Germany, you have to sp- specify for what it is. Oh, it is yeah. for this opening title mm. project I'm working on. It is for oh, this okay. course I do, I need inspiration. So you, it's not, it's not like you can write it off and just go off um, and say like, whatever, you know. The US, yeah, you have to. Why? <laughs> yeah, I write well, down a note for what it is, but no one's ever going to see it, you yeah. know. Right. So they actually look at that and, and say, you know, specifically, who has the time to go look at that? Yeah. Oh, there's people who, you know, you have to imagine there's people who love numbers crunching and going through <laughs> yeah. files like we love yeah. pixels and you know bokeh and motion blur and render engines and everything i mean they love excel lists you know and uh mm-hmm. so well what about uh beeple artwork i was thinking about this the other yeah. day we did yeah. buy that on a company mx so is that technically research? Can we write off our Beeple purchase? I think that is research Crypto because we're art. researching it specifically to talk about it on the podcast. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think, I think, yeah, not to mention, mm-hmm. you know, we, whatever. It's also an investment. Yeah. We wanted to sell it now. We could make $10,000. $10,000. Each. Each. It's insane. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I don't know. Uh, hopefully that helped a little bit. I think that's yeah. about as vague as we can be yeah. about giving bad advice. Yeah. Get a CPA. <laughs> yeah. That's all I can say. Yeah. Hey, a quick um, shout so out to, up- to, mm-hmm. to Brian Fox here, my friend. He said, uh, hey, Robert, great to see you in the chat. So uh, thanks for joining. Hi, Brian. Uh, bringing some friends in here. <laughs> yeah. And also, and also uh, Carla Sabat is there. I see her name. Um, mm-hmm. So that's also someone uh, I'm in touch with on Instagram. And um, nice. Even more people who joined. So thank you all for joining. I just wanted to uh, give that shout out there. Yeah. And Phil's there too. I see Phil. You know Phil? Raid Zero? I mean, he's, uh, he's in Yeah, the come e- on. Y'all are all from Europe. Y'all all know yeah, each other, right? Yeah, I mean, right? it's the EU. It's your next door, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everything's like, like we're yeah. like next door and everything's so small. It's yeah. walking distance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've got some week wrap-up stuff I wanted to go through. Number one, uh, we've got a lot going on in so February. And, this is the, um, the busiest we've ever been in January. Dude, January flew by. God. Yes, and it does, I don't know. Clients are coming out of the woodwork. It must have to do with 
2020 COVID, people are just like, yeah. okay, time to get back at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just nonstop. But also, MoGraph, we have uh, quite a bit going on. Yeah. Uh, two live specials and all that. Uh, I got a little promo here. I've been working on, I was working on this over the weekend. It was kind of fun. Looks good. So here, I'll play it real quick. Here we go. Join us this February for our Creating the Unreal Student Showcase, Many Hughes of MoGraph Part 3, and of course, the MoGraph Podcast Live. Check it all out at MoGraph.com slash live. That, that is smoke. one. Colored smoke? Yeah, how'd you do that? That was TFD. I know, but like, how'd you color it? Uh, by throwing gradients in it and okay. the octane uh, scatter and absorb. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. It's pretty easy to do. Um, it, it's one of those things where you have to play with it a bit to get it to look right. But once you do, it's like, okay, it's good. Don't touch it. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, I couldn't yeah. do that. And yeah. Yeah. It looks, it looks, you know, it looks pretty good. There, It's one of those things where you, you kind of mess with it and then you realize that it's how do i describe it like like it, you you touch a a setting and it looks like garbage mm-hmm. and so you like undo it and you're like okay as long as i don't touch these settings even at all like even yeah. by point one, it's gonna look okay and then at that point it's like i don't want to redo my sim i don't want to change anything i want to yeah. keep locked this cache because i feel like i'm going to change one setting and it's not going to look good anymore yeah because yeah, like, yeah. it took me so long to get it here but uh no that was just me experimenting uh, a little bit with stuff, you know, had a little for once creative streak about right. me. Uh, so I ran with it, but we've also, so we've got, uh, it's a short month and we've got way more than yeah. usual this month. So we've got the regular podcast, but then we also have on the 11th, it is the creating the unreal. It's the Winbush student showcase, which is going to be three different students that took the unreal course. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be showing off their work. It's a Thursday night special on the 11th. And um, what's what's cool about it, though, is we're also, and I'm going to try and get all of this done on time, uh, Winbush has recorded an extra chapter that he's Ooh. adding to his course. And he is going to be releasing with that um, one of JAMA's uh, models. That, mm-hmm. that you get with it, that you can download with it for free. But also, if you're a student, you'll get a promo code so you can get a discount on all the packs. Yeah. So that's going to be like the uh, the medieval stuff, the dystopian society stuff, all these mm-hmm. characters. And, and so you should definitely go check that out. Um, we're going to be doing some other promos and things. We've got um, different... We've got the different artists that are going to be featured or students who are going to be featured from that. And um, one of them is John Jag's knee. Now, I don't know if uh, if anybody here necessarily follows John Jag's knee because this is really interesting where people are coming from taking the course, right? Mm-hmm. Like people are coming into Winbush's course not coming from Cinema 4D universe, not coming from the MoGraph universe specifically, but coming from this kind of like different angle. So John Jagsney has a YouTube channel and has uh, some tutorials uh, for Premiere and After Effects and uh, maybe maybe Unreal. I'm not sure. <laughs> but he's been getting into all these different things, you know, and coming into this industry 
looking at it like not from a, a C4D perspective, but just a motion graphics perspective. And so, you know, he kind of jumped in with Unreal and then, oh, what's this Cinema 4D thing? And mm-hmm. I and I and I think it's it's interesting to see this take um, approaching the software from a, coming at it from a different angle. So um, make sure that you check out John's channel. Um Especially for anybody who knows people that are looking to get in Premiere for the first time, mm-hmm. After Effects for the first time. It's kind of like beginner stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I really, really like Jags's style, energy, lighting. Mm-hmm. You know, he's really good at like the good. camera, the lighting, all of this stuff. And I'm just looking. I, I, the first time I saw his channel, I'm like, man, like more people need to be checking this, this dude out. So uh, we've got a – it's not really a testimonial it's just kind of a video. It's kind of a student spotlight thing that we're going to do with some of these students as these come in. So uh, I do have one here right now that we could check out from Jags. And uh, it's a couple minutes long. So just sit back and, and relax and watch here. And uh, we'll be back in a second. Well, hello there, Internet. My name is John Jagsney. I'm a 3D artist and freelancer. I primarily work in the board game space, so board games, hobby games, collectibles, etc., etc. I've done work with companies such as Cryptozoic Entertainment, who does work with DC Comics and Rick and Morty. I've done work with the company Super 7, who makes toys like Transformers and Ninja Turtles. And my latest work has been with Ultra Pro. If you're familiar with that space, they make sleeves and playmats and trading cards for all the board games related things and my latest work with them has been using the Unreal Engine. Some of my favorite projects I created with them are this Jurassic Snack board game commercial. Jurassic Snack, to eat or be eaten? That is the question. The dinosaurs are hungry. Play as the yellow or blue team and snack on as many delicious plants as you can. And most recently, I just finished the Magic the Gathering Kaldheim Accessories Collection product promo video. This is using Cinema 4D, the Unreal Engine, and After Effects, and I'm excited to share with you that on February 11th, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, I will be presenting on the MoGraph.com livestream on my workflow for these board game projects. I'll be showcasing you the basics of what I use in Cinema 4D, how I bring it into Unreal, what do I do in Unreal, and how do I take advantage of real-time rendering so it's really, really fast, and then composite it and do the editing in After Effects and Premiere Pro. So, if you're interested in learning how I created some of these board game projects. Check out the live stream. That's February 11th, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MoGraph.com, and I will see you there. If you have any questions or want to hit me up for anything, my Instagram tag is at John Knee. And until then, I will see you there. Goodbye, my friends. Bye. Gags is so- super dope. I like that. Yeah, like a really good energy. See what I mean about like the the camera and stuff? I'm mm-hmm. like, great lighting, man. Yeah. Such great lighting. But uh, Jags will be on. Uh, this is the Windbush Student Showcase. Jags and uh, Gabrielle is going to be on. She's feeding wolves. If you've seen some of the stuff that she's oh, been doing with so character good. stuff, she's got a capture suit. Oh, so yeah. she's been using <laughs> that and like integrating it and, and doing different uh Different stuff in, in Unreal. And then uh, Logan, who is it, I think, usually in the chat here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the, is it Hollow Woodsman? 
I think. And it's, I think is so. it Hollow Woodsman? Something Woodsman um, <laughs> will also be on. So we're just going to be talking about the course and the new chapter and uh, what they learned in the course. And uh, so this is an ever-evolving ever class, and there'll be updates. There'll be new things, and then maybe probably a new course once Unreal 5 comes out, because that's going to be a whole different thing yeah. altogether. But check that out. And then the week after, that's the 18th, there's another Thursday night special. That's going to be Many Hughes and Mograph Part 3 that Matthias is going to host. Um, I'm working on uh, getting the whole line. We have everybody lined up, but I don't have all their info and social and all that stuff yet. So stay tuned for that. Check that out. A lot going on in that space. And also, uh, I'll put in the show notes, Intel Creative did a write-up on Winbush as well. Ooh, and uh, we've been nice. having fun hanging out on his Twitch stream on Saturday nights, playing different random games mm -hmm. you know so so come hang out you basically uh just talk to one of us get on the zoom link and we'll we'll send you the private zoom link so we don't have any incidents like yeah like has happened before with crotch shots from <laughs> random zoom strangers uh but we'll, we'll we'll give you a link you can come hang out with us it's super chill super chill so um let's get into some like motion graphic stuff here. First of all, I wanted to do a little Ravcock. What's your flavor? What's your flavor? And talk about 3090s. The 3090 yeah. drama is still going on. We're still trying to get some more. Rob, what graphics cards do you currently have? And how available are these NVIDIA cards <laughs> where you're at? Well, <clears throat> all right, getting ready for it. Um, well, I work on a Mac, so... Um, it's oh, a, all right. <laughs> it's a, That's it. Call. It's yeah. it. Yep. All right. We're out. Yeah. <laughs> no. In fact, um, uh, yes, I work on a Mac. Still work on a Mac. Always. Not, actually, not. Um, started on a PC like 20, 20 years ago. Um, mm -hmm. I switched to mm -hmm. the Mac tw two thousand one. Um, but ever since been on the Mac, of course, I do have a couple of PCs that I use occasionally for testing and stuff. Um, so I have a 1080 uh, in my old PC box, um, 1080 type. Um, but my main work machine is the is the 2019 Mac Pro, and I have two W5700X in there. Um, and I'm really happy with it. Uh, it. It's so funny because you were talking about Unreal and it's like real time, and I'm I'm just happy as a kid can be about not having to wait an hour or two for a frame yeah. to render almost yeah. real time yeah. you know it's yeah. like oh it it renders it in 20 seconds or in, in a minute and it's like for me it's like pfft. so um yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still happy and uh yeah that's uh I'm, I'm learning redshift and um been toying around with octane the last mm -hmm. uh the last mm -hmm. two months um now i'm uh i've licensed redshift uh, i think uh, mid of whenever it was released uh, like in the open beta i think it was mm -hmm. mid-december or early december and um yeah i was just uh yeah playing around with redshift a lot lately and, and as much as time allows i mean not on not on commercial projects right now but um yeah that's that's what i have how, how is it on the mac because i haven't heard anyone yeah. talk about redshift on the mac you know besides that the open beta was there you know the thing is, I don't have any comparisons, so I haven't I haven't yeah. used it on a PC, so I can't say oh, it crashed. Maybe yeah. it crashed maybe twice. I'm not sure if it was because I, of Redshift or, or it was because of Cinema. Or, 
or random error or anything, but um, I've rendered a couple images, a couple of sequences, and it didn't crash on render, which is good. It crashed mm -hmm. on some weird behavior when I was uh, resizing something and you know moving the camera or rearranging the workspace. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so far it's been it's been really mind blowing to be really honest. Um, I have this discussion with my friend Max, who I shared a studio with. Um, And I mean, he's he's a PC user and he's a fantastic artist and a fantastic um, guy and friend. But and we we always fight each other. Like he goes like, yeah, Max are like, you know, Max are crap, and and I go like, mm -hmm. yeah, PC suck, and you know, Windows and blah, and I don't know. And so it's like a friendly it's like a friendly fight. But he's he's obviously on the PC side, and he's he has a lot of experience with with render engines like uh, like Arnold and, and Octane and mm -hmm. Redshift as well. So he's been teaching me a little bit. And another friend of mine who's um, who's also very familiar with the PC side of things is John Erdogan. And he told me a few tips and tricks on, on Redshift. And um, for me, it's like I always try to be like it. Like I said that in the in the in the stream for for Maxon in December, um, when I was talking about uh, about the latest project of us on the 3D Motion Show, uh, I spent some time talking about how how I tried to look at the render situation and the, the the side of things. Although I love my Mac and I love working on the Mac, I still believe mm -hmm. that it really doesn't matter what you are using as long as it gets the job done. You know, you have to be I agree. Yeah, you have to be happy with the device, with the software, with the plugin, whatever. And for me, I mean. I like it, but I, I try to unemotionalize it. I try not to get too much into it and yeah. too crazy mm -hmm. about the, oh, this bug is not fixed and this sucks and that sucks and, oh, this is faster and that is faster. And like, I mean, other people can do fantastic art with that. So that is what I look look at. You know, that's what I, yeah. what I go at and say like, hey, if there's other artists that can create a fantastic image, picture, still, film, whatever, so so should I, right? So um, whatever means necessary. That being said, of course, you have to use what makes sense. Yeah, you know, for example, um, I understand that you have more iterations if you use GPU rendering, for example, if you work in, in real-time environments, because then you can, you can have the creative juices flow faster because, of course, you, you don't have to wait, I don't know, a minute, an hour or whatever until you see the result. But you, you adjust something, you see it, and you go like, oh, no, okay, that's not it. You, you try something yeah. else. So yeah. that's obvious that if you have um, anything that's fast, you can be more productive. Mm -hmm. But then again, fast is always relative. You know, let's, let's mm -hmm. take that Mac PC um, example, and I think, I think that's also something that, um, that Nick might uh, relate to, um, knowing him and, and also listening to yeah. his past few discussions about you know going to pc and having a mac and i mean yeah. the mac is is certainly faster in a lot of areas uh like encoding and you know if you do video production and stuff like that it's it's super fast uh premiere final cut and all these all these tools are, are really fast and then again yeah i had a might... terrible time with adobe products on my pc mm -hmm. right so so yeah. it might be a different situation if you do like 3d rendering for example um but for me as as like a like an almost one man studio where it's not a one man studio. Like currently I'm working with three people on the project, but let's say like on the, on the general bigger scheme of things, it's like me working on things and I have to rely on things, you know? And for me, the fast machine is not just like the, the pure horsepower, but also how fast 
does it allow me to drop stuff from my phone onto right. it? You know, oh, using I AirDrop. Know. Like, I, I, how, how often how, do you want to like put something from your phone onto your computer or right. vice versa? And it's just right. like, exactly, I'll just and, email it to myself, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and and things like that or peripherals, how you how you connect stuff, and um, you know, just the the, the general. Um, you know, re- responsiveness of the machine uh, in terms of, you know, how you, how you sync up your calendars. I know you can sync it all up with Exchange and Outlook and whatnot, but um, for me, the speed is not just the pure render speed. And especially for someone like me, who's not only doing 3D, I mean, I do a lot more. I do motion graphics with 2D stuff with a lot of After Effects yeah. without even touching 3D sometimes. Um, sometimes it's just recording tutorials uh, on my cameras, editing that, um, a lot of photography um, mm-hmm. that I'm not super open about, but I pho- photograph a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So so it's a mix of things that that make this setup work for me. It doesn't mean it has to work for you or for you or for you. Mm-hmm. But um, that's that's what I try to look at. Um, just being practical about things, and you know, if if you're happy with a PC, that's fine. If you're happy with Linux, that's fine too. You know, whatever whatever makes you be able to create the work that you want to create the fastest and most enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, if you are building something and you have a ball peen hammer, Mm. but it doesn't have the claw on the back and you're constantly trying to pull out nails, you don't have that little piece you need. And so you get that and people are like, Oh, but the ball peen hammer is better. Like I know, but I want this thing because it has the claw on the back and I can pull the, pull the nails out because I'm constantly messing (laughs) up all the nails. Have you ever had to pull a nail out with a hammer? (laughs) <laughs> yes. You know, with the back side of it. Well, ball peen hammer doesn't have that. I don't know what a ball peen hammer is, but I'll take it's your just word the one for with, it. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is you're going to pick that hammer that allows you to be the most efficient. If you're somebody who like has uh, a lot of nail issues. See, Hollow Woodsman, I need, need a nail bar. See, there's a nail bar. So if you have a ball peen hammer and a nail gotcha. bar and you're fine with that, what I'm saying is you're going to pick the tool that is most efficient for you, for what you're specifically doing. So that makes sense. There doesn't need to be a war about which hammer is better. Right. It's the same discussion we always have. But yeah. if you're curious you know. about render engines, go to whatrenderengine.com and check no, that out. Best render engine. Best render engine. Or we have both, I think. I don't know. Is I mean, it? but, 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 but you it, know, like at yeah. the end of the day, at the end of the day, what I learned, or I'm still learning, is what is even more important than having this or that tool or this or that machine or whatever is about, about your eye and, and what's going on up there in terms of yeah. mm-hmm. absolutely understanding what makes a good image. Yeah. Right? I right. always, I yes. always tend to say whenever I'm on, on any show, like, like real show, like, you know, when you actually talk to people in front of people, like, mm-hmm. like not on the internet, but yeah, like, you know, NAB or SIGGRAPH or, um, mm-hmm. any other shows and, and, and you talk to people I always say like I'm not the best in Cinema 4D um, actually I'm I'm pretty whack in Cinema 4D I mean I, I know my <laughs> way around but I can get things done but I mean there's way many more people who are, are, are a lot better than I am and I'm fine with that um, but what I know is how to be smart and clever about using tools like Photoshop and After Effects in conjunction mm-hmm. with Cinema 4D right. to create the image that I want and that is even, you know, faking stuff exactly. until it looks good and, you know, adding blurs and aberrations and all the imperfections and understanding that an imperfect image is sometimes the, actually a perfect image. And 
And at the end of the day, yeah. if you if you don't know what you're looking for in terms of as a result, then all the best software hardware is not going to help you to do that. You know, let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. For example, if I uh, like on the on this weekend, I was toying around with Redshift to to build uh, to rebuild a set um, I was doing for my Star Wars uh, fan film. Uh, so it's like a imperial corridor. Um, so I took all the textures and put them into Redshift, and you know, textured a little droid and played around with um, different angles and lights and, and the focus and the depth of field. I knew exactly what I wanted to see and I was just clicking buttons until it worked. And, um, and, and the fun thing is that it took about a minute and 20 seconds to render that. I, I've shared that on Instagram, uh, on, my, on my stories and on Twitter. It, it took me about one, one minute 20 to render that and to render that with physical, it was... Like not the exact same thing, but the corridor and the same setup. Basically, mm -hmm. it was between one and a half hours and three hours a frame, and Jeez. and that is and, Jeez. And, and and for me that was like like from going from one hour, let's say one hour in average, to mm -hmm. let's say a minute. It's it's pretty mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely insane. Are are the thirty nineties or any of these cards? Are they really hard to find in Germany? And do you have like where do you go for? You don't have Best Buy. No, yeah. right? <laughs> you have you have you have similar stuff like Best Buy. You have uh, companies, yeah. you know, they they electronics resellers. But to be honest, I don't I don't know anyone that has a thirty ninety. Um, I know my friend Max ordered one, and he canceled the order more. because it it was it was going <laughs> up in price and stuff. So it was like yeah, whatever. And yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting for my fourth for this other machine, and then we're going to redo the other render machine with two more. So I'm, yeah. mm -hmm. I'm hoping to have six. The problem that I'm having here is power issues, <laughs> uh, wattage issues and things. It's it's like it's a chain reaction of, of issues because you put in the two 3090s into your machine. What happens? Okay, you're going to need a bigger power supply. Yeah. Because it's not quite high enough wattage. And apparently, right? you're su supposed to replace all your cables on your power supply whenever you get a new one. I just found this out yesterday. So you mean with the ones that come with it? Yeah. Now I I have used the same ones before, but it was literally like a, the exact same brand. I don't know. I got reamed on the hardware <sighs> channel and Slack for Oof. not doing that. So luckily, well, I'm 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 good now. I'm good now. You know, the good thing is uh, that you don't need a heater. You know. I know, right? Oh, yeah, man. but we're in Texas. It's like what sixty degrees right now, you know? Yeah, sixty. I got to run Fahrenheit, the, so. the air in here, and even though it's forty something degrees outside, yeah, you I still have to run, run the air, the air in this office. <laughs> yeah, and especially when I'm mining Bitcoin. So here's yeah. the thing: so with the wattage, you put in a new power supply, right? I put in a new power supply. The new power supply is just high enough to where sometimes when it's rendering my battery backup starts to beep because it's overload because it's only at a thousand Watts, mm -hmm. the battery backup. Right. So, so in looking at my meters and stuff now I'm pegging like 900 and something Watts with two thirty nineties, like right there on the edge, you got a 1600 watt power supply. I'm fine, but it's the battery backup. Mm -hmm. That's the issue because it just doesn't support it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to order a new back battery backup that's 1500 watt battery backup. It's only $450. So and like I said last week, you feel like when you buy a battery backup that you've done nothing. Yeah. Because it's yeah. just a brick just that a you're plugging brick. in, you know? So I plug the thing in, right? And everything's running fine. 
I put the old battery back up on the on the new computer in the other room. It's sitting there mining Bitcoin. And I have these other rendering machines mining Bitcoin. And I got the new Xbox. Yeah. So I hooked that up in here. So all the things are going, right? Yes, and it's just is- like everything is going. Well, half the office just shuts off. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, boy. I blew a breaker because I got this new battery backup in here. And it's probably you know sucking more juice than usual i go downstairs to flip the breaker the thing is warm <laughs> i'm like okay all so right whenever, whenever I, Dave I is to it down. you see the you see the light flicker in the neighborhood yeah <laughs> yeah you get brownouts in the neighborhood because dave's rendering <laughs> or i'm gonna get tagged i think i'm growing weed or something right. from my energy usage so i think yeah, I'm going to have to get an electrician to come out. I need to have separate battery backups on their own line. Put like, all the internet on. It's just oh, going to have oh, to be a thing. Oh, he's rendering. Oh, no, no. Let's <laughs> 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 go. I like that. I like that. Oh, man. <laughs> Visual effects and all. Right? Practical <clears throat> effects. Yeah, practical. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, a warm breaker is not a good thing. I'm, I'm going to need some more. I'm going to need another one. I'm going to need some amps. Some yeah. watts, some volts, you know, a handful of all of those, whatever they are. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know enough about them. Um, you know what? You Jag- know what you is, could is do? Is that Jags? Is Jagsy Wagsy Jags? <laughs> I'm just curious. In the um, chat. You know what you could do? Just set all your stuff to automatically save and then just not worry about battery backups. Yeah, but it's not just that. It's like internet. It's live stream stuff. Yeah, that's stuff. true. That's it's true. stuff I don't want to go down. Like, do you it's, remember? It's for those flickers. It's for those quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, you know, power off and on real quick. And you're like, ah, oh, I got to reset everything because <laughs> of like a split second power drop. Do you remember when we were working at our old studio together, and um, something happened with the power where we needed battery backups? So they bought battery backups for every single like bay. <laughs> Yeah. And no one hooked them up. Literally, they were just sitting in a box. Right next probably because they were desk. not good enough. No, I'm, pre- know, I'm pretty sure it's like even... we just didn't have the time to hook them up. And then every time the power went out, we're like, oh, whoops, we weren't using oh, the battery probably backup. Hook those up. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, the power never really went out here. Like, yeah. And I don't even remember when the last power outage was. It was like maybe. I don't know, three, four years ago? I don't know. It's like, man, it rarely we get one happens. every couple months where it just, the power just goes out, you know? Wow. And it'll probably only be for like a minute or two, mm-hmm. but like, you know, then it comes back up. A few times it's been, when it, when it gets really windy here, you know, mm-hmm. when the, the, the trees are moving all about, knocking over lines and stuff. You don't have, yeah. you don't have underground power there, I guess, huh? In your, in your neighborhood? Me? No, no, Matt. Oh, uh, Un- you don't I have do. Yeah, cables? Oh, I you mean, do? but you know, you still get some Weird. areas that just, you know, whatever. Where, yeah. where in Texas are you guys? Outskirts Dallas. of Dallas. Yeah, he's on. Neither the, one of us are in Dallas proper. Yeah. We're outside. He's in the so. west side. But, I'm in the east side suburb. So. Yeah. West side. <laughs> so <laughs> we're gonna start having battles now. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so. Yeah, I I don't know. I it's really just to protect against those things, but it it's like the the problem now is that if you are working remotely and you're really really getting into 
rendering and yeah. rigs and battery backups and internet and studios and lights. And I mean, look, just the lights in here. I'm like, I'm drawing an incredible amount of power when I have everything up and running and rendering or I'm mining. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, now I got to really think about this. I never really needed an electrician before. And could I run it myself? Yes, I could, but it's a pain. I yeah. just want someone to do it for me. I, I'm actually pretty well versed in, um, in wiring, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I think a lot of people are going to have to start thinking about if they're building these rigs and they're not farming out their rendering to to a service or yeah. if they're getting into crypto. Which crypto, by the way, crypto uh, and the stonks. Oh, my gosh. This week. Last week, I could not crazy. focus at all because of all the GameStop AMC stuff. I got moon. super lucky. Let me tell this story. All right. So for those who don't okay. know about like the uh, the GameStop AMC stuff, it's like... Bunch of redditors, you know, got a hold, uh, found a hedge fund that was shorting Game stock like a hundred and forty percent or something. It's something ridiculous. Yeah. So they're like, "We're gonna." Oh, it's headline news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? So anyway, so I was lucky enough to own AMC stock. I called it my YOLO stock before this was even like a <laughs> thing, right? Yeah, it, because it was down yeah. to like I bought it at two dollars and twenty seven cents, and I didn't buy much. I bought like one hundred and seventy five bucks of it, you know. Um, and so, uh, like t- a week or, or two ago when AMC secured like a hundred million dollars in funding, I was talking to my brother and I was like, Hey, uh, check out AMC. It just went up like 75 cents per share. He's like, all right, what do you think it's going to go up to? I was like four bucks. Maybe that's my sell point. Right. He's like, all right, I'll buy a thousand shares. So he spends three grand, you know, on a thousand shares of AMC and then Reddit gets a hold of it, and it's like, yeah. So he sold the maximum amount. He ended up making like sixteen thousand dollars in like a week, and I, I made a grand, which I was really happy about. You know, I mean, it's all just my kid's college fund. But like last week was so crazy with all the stocks and everything that it's like I, you gotta be careful with that stuff. I can't. I couldn't focus. I couldn't focus on work at all. Yeah, Jag says going for that Dogecoin. Okay, so here's what's annoying. Here's what's annoying, right? I bought like $10 in Dogecoin on uh on Robinhood, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And the 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 price of cryptocurrency moves so much like so quickly that you can't type in an exact amount to sell. So I have one friggin' Dogecoin in my Robinhood <laughs> account that's just sitting there because I can't type in the exact amount in the exact amount of time. You know, it's so stupid. And there's no I, sell I all button. I dumped all my stuff out of out of Good. Uh, Get Robin it out of Robinhood. All my Robinhood Robin stuff is out. I got I cashed it out trying to find a new place to go. But I hear I Fidelity's a, good. I hear Fidelity's nice, good. Nice hash. Do they? Can you mine Ethereum on there? I'm thinking about getting to Ethereum I, instead of... I Bitcoin. don't know. Well, I mean, you just mine Use Bitcoin. Extra GPU just mine, mine some Bitcoin and then just transfer it to Ethereum. You know. Well, yes, I guess so. I'm so not in this game. Well. I must admit. Yeah, sorry. Uh, it's like for me, it's like like yada yada. <laughs> yeah. It's like I have. Yeah. I have, it's just something to make money using your GPUs when you're not using. Yeah. Them. I mean, right. I, I haven't. Really... I haven't rendered anything in. Gosh, how long? Like since December, mm. November, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, <laughs> but I've been I've been mining. I made five hundred dollars in mining, you know, Bitcoin last month alone. And that was only, yeah. you know, only turning it on whenever I'm done working, you know, so. And I that five hundred in crypto can turn into 
Yeah. God knows what. It can turn into a, a million dollars, a million dollars, or zero dollars, right. depending on you know what's going on in yeah the and the the price of, of crypto, the but. price of bitcoin is really high right now you know it's it's been going up and down in between like 31 and 38 you know and at that point it's it's very profitable to just set your computer up and go you know well bitcoin does seem like the like canonical like this is the cryptocurrency right but ethereum yeah. always you hear doge is i doge. get doge but it's, it's still kind of a joke yeah you know in general but when it comes to Ethereum, I feel like that's the second place. Yeah. That's the yeah. second place crypto. And um, there is a School of Motion podcast that I recommend everybody listen to. Uh, you know, Beeple was on the show before, right before he did that drop. Yeah. And then he was on School of Motion after the drop. So it's interesting to hear the before and what after. happened yeah. since then and so there was a lot of talk about crypto it was a great discussion uh i don't usually listen to a lot of motion graphics podcasts but aria was like you got to listen to this episode so yeah. uh i was running I'll yesterday and i just put the whole thing on yeah so uh check it out though but you'll you'll learn a lot about crypto a b you're gonna learn about crypto art and think- c it really makes me think about ethereum yeah mm-hmm. really makes me think because ethereum what mike was saying is you can if, with Ethereum, you can attach stuff to that token. Mm-hmm. That's why all this stuff is... You can't attach, like, a link to a video, a link to a photo or something on the chain, on uh, on, on the blockchain with, with Bitcoin. You have to do that with Ethereum. And I really like that concept, and I feel like Ethereum is... is I think Ethereum is going to get bigger, for sure. I, I definitely yeah, have yeah. To, to learn more about that. But to be... I mean, I'm kind of, like, seeing it from the outside. I just... I just don't have the time and energy to like really dig into that and really know my way around what this is all about i mean i know the the, yeah. the general principle a little bit but i mean there's there's mm-hmm. controversial stuff i read like i mean like uh, oh yeah i think like last week or so um uh, there was an article about the the uh you know the the impact in terms of how much energy it takes to to mine and, yeah I mean, yeah, that's the here's, thing right now. Here's, yeah. that, here's that's the something thing. where I just go like, "Wow, is it really worth it?" I mean, looking at the world and the the place we are in right now, like, okay, I don't know. It, it, it's something I really have to consider and to look at as well. I mean, it was like I think it also had um, Mike's, um, um, you know, how much, how much it, how much the 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 impact was in terms of the uh mining the yeah. mining the coin that here, he, is attached to that art here's yeah, the thing exactly. though like yeah they are here's the thing that annoys me about that while i will say yes it does take a lot of energy in order to mm. do this they're basing this entirely off of like oil and gas coal mm-hmm. you know i don't know if they're necessarily uh looking at it as far as renewable resources as well are they because, like, for me, for example, all of my energy that I buy is all off of renewable credits. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, right. in, in Texas, we're lucky enough to where we can choose what electricity company we want to go through and mm-hmm. we want to pay specifically for, you know, renewable resources. So we get that choice to mm-hmm. choose only renewable resources, you know, and that's, that's exactly what I'm doing. So when mm-hmm. I'm mining Bitcoin, you know, I'm not having that worry that I'm destroying the environment 
because I don't understand burning about that. coal Maybe... and oil and gas and whatever. It's like I am using a renewable resource, mm-hmm. you know. So I, well, I explain feel a little this bit to me, better you, about that. I don't know. We have the power to choose the provider here. Yeah. Right. But the actual service is provided by one company. Well, okay. So, so how does that work? You have to because purchase. Because they're so not they, using wind power. Right, right. Well, they purchased credits, right? In order okay. to, they purchase the credits. So if you're saying, I want to be only renewable, if every single person who uh, in Texas said, we want only renewable, the the companies that are providing the energy have to buy the uh, renewable credits from the okay. the people. So if everyone says it, then they're only buying renewable credits. They're not buying, you know coal or oil and gas so all the electricity will be run you know on uh 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 renewable energy so (laughs) when you mine when you mine specifically Mm -hmm. yours are being mined with energy from wind power yes people have to actually resources like so all the energy that i spend my my uh my provider encore has to say, all right, we need to purchase this many renewable credits, you know, in order to, you know, pay for his, but stuff. the crypt, but crypto art, when it's attached to a token, that token wasn't your token. So it was no. mined. And that's the controversy right, right now. Right. It's like, Oh, crypto art is bad for the environment. And my question is, Which, aren't those tokens going to be mined anyway, even if you're not buying crypto art? Because it's it's yeah. admirable that Matt is conscious about that and has has this, you know, environmental awareness about the situation. Uh, but then again, there's so much that is being mined. How do how does the vast majority of it look at it? You know, is there any yeah. awareness about that or not? Yeah, yeah, and like it, it's going to be because it's not crypto art's fault. Mm. It's no, it's not. crypto's fault in general. Yeah. Yeah. So these tokens, it's going to be up to the people who are mining to find the best sources yeah. for their energy. That's, I mean, that's all I can My energy is super cheap and it's renewable. I feel and pretty people good. People are going to shut down myself. crypto. Yeah. But then again, what, mm. what do you, in, in terms of crypto art, like like I said, I, had, I don't have expert knowledge on this. So my, my uh, opinions are solely based on, on, on the little that I have observed on, on social media and on, on uh, you know, like what you can read about um, in news and stuff. But like I've seen, I've seen fantastic output, like people's output is, is, you know, all you can say is congratulations and well-deserved, you know, hats off. Yeah. That's, that's a no brainer right there. Uh, I mean, Mike's been doing this mm-hmm. for, I mean, how many years? Like it's, it's ridiculous and, and you have to admire that. So well-deserved. But then again, you have, you have crypto art where you just go like, like, and again, I don't want to be the judge of deciding what is art and what is not. Right. But when you look at some of the stuff, you just go like, yeah. okay, some of these yeah. are maybe just in for the, you know, quick buck, you know, I just throw in yeah. a cube, add yeah. a light and I don't know, add a glow to yep. it. And that's I'm, it. That's I'm art. 100% with you like, there. You know, you it's know. like, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. But uh, the, the, the thing that Mike brings up in this podcast is a art. I mean, you know, art is like a subjective thing. It right? is. Yeah. Totally. So, so, that's the first because EJ is on that podcast as well, and he's mm-hmm. talking about the things that 
Matt and I are constantly chatting about with him in text. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what's the deal with this crypto art thing? And all, we're constantly discussing it. Mm-hmm. And he brings up that whole fact of like, you look at some of this art and you're like, what is this stuff? And what's going on is there's these people that are in the crypto scene, right? Not crypto art scene, but mm-hmm. like crypto everything scene. Yeah. Okay. And you got these art collectors as well. They're not in our scene. They don't know MoGraph. And like what yeah. he was saying was like, they don't know who Ash Thorpe is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, and these crypto people who are looking for things to invest money in and yeah. take chances on, those people are coming and buying this artwork. They yeah. don't know who Ash Thorpe is yet. Yeah. They don't know who yet. the big players are. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's coming. So there's these other people who were creating this art who were not in this scene. You know, or or putting stuff up that again looks like my again Microsoft Paint or whatever, but it is mm-hmm. subjective. So it's starting with that stuff. It's coming in like just like we were talking like with Jags coming into the industry from a different angle mm-hmm. than than we did originally. It's the same type of thing. It's like these people weren't coming from MoGraph and saying I want to pay a bunch of money for this crypto art. Mm-hmm. These are crypto people wanting to get into art. Yeah, it's not the other way around. Mm-hmm. So, so it's you have to listen to it that way. Just go listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right, it's let's be, just it's play it on podcast. the show. Yeah, we'll just play. yeah, <laughs> we'll just play the whole thing. It's really good. So, and and that's the part that I enjoyed about it because uh, he was able to explain now after the fact, you know, what he experienced and you know everything about the money and mm-hmm. all of that. So, mm-hmm. so check that out. But it, you know, they did quickly touch on that power thing too, and it's just like, yeah, well. The the power for crypto is going to be a problem in general. It's not the art that's the problem. It's yeah. the crypto mm-hmm. that's the problem. And yeah. people aren't going to stop mining. It's not going yeah. to happen. So um, if, if you if you check that out, you know, Robert, I, I'm, I would suggest listening to that. And if mm-hmm. you want to try it out, maybe get a nice asset. A nice hash account. It takes like five minutes and, mm-hmm. and I, I, power yeah. it up, and just play with it. I just you built know? a another computer this weekend, you know, to house all my extra parts. <laughs> and uh, I, the first thing I did was installed nice hash and was able to start mining crypto. Yeah, literally within like three or four minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't think it even took me five minutes. Yeah, it's so easy, and it's just like it's a no brainer as long as the energy consumption is worth. The mining. Well, so. I have a I have a PC right here under my desk, so uh, I might. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let it run. <laughs> it it depends on how uh, uh, expensive your electricity. Uh, mm-hmm. Richard in the chat yeah. was saying that theirs is thirty five cents per kilowatt hour, and it's like, okay, that's going to cost you quite a bit because I spent, I probably spent fifty right. or sixty dollars in energy this month mm-hmm. alone. You know, after making you know five hundred dollars or making five hundred dollars and then spending sixty of that in uh in electricity at 35 cents per kilowatt hour that's going to be you know that's going to be a lot more now you're putting 0.07 cents per kilowatt hour and in germany that 0.35 kilowatt hour probably isn't cents i don't know what that converts to in dollars though is that is it euro i mean you're paying it in euro it is euro but i have which is actually i don't know it by heart i'm just checking right now Hey, the, I'll be the thing right about back. I gotta run to the restroom. Okay. The thing about NiceHash is that you can actually go in and type in what your energy usage is. Mm-hmm. So then, if it goes to where you're not profitable, it actually stops mining. So mm-hmm. you have safeguards in place. You know, is this profitable or not? So, 
anyway, let's get to let's get to your art. Let's talk about your art a little bit. Now we're like over an hour into the program. Our art uh our beginning of our show is a lot longer than usual. Uh wanna get to your background and, and everything that you've been up to. Um if uh if people haven't heard of you before, I think that one of the things to bring up would be like the the new uh, Wacom VR mm-hmm. pen, because probably everybody saw some of those renderings floating around the internet recently, mm-hmm. and you were responsible for those, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah, that that was the that was the the Wacom VR pen. Um, that is, it's not an actual product. Um, it's something that is in development, and right. I was fortunate right, right. enough to be to be trusted upon with this, this project by Wacom. And I have a long-standing relationship with Wacom for, I don't know, about 15 years. Yeah. Ago. Like I've I been, was going to say, I saw something this morning where you had been working with them for quite a while. On one yeah. Of your videos. So how it started was like, I, I started design, um, went to design school, you know, like all the classic stuff with drawing and painting. I always drew and always like to express myself, you know, built, paper cut stuff and little models and painted them you know stuff like stuff like this for example you know um you know i just love playing around with stuff and and being very intricate about details like 3d models but with real 3d models and um i always always love that so design school and then i was in like super interested in, in animation and film and and star wars and everything but i didn't i couldn't like that was so abstract like 20 years ago. Like, how can you imagine being able to do it and in something that looks almost like feature film quality on on your computer? Like, it was it was just out of scope and out of range to just imagine that. So I went down with the regular going to design school, you know, maybe designing logos and magazines and maybe a website. But mm-hmm. then things evolved uh, really quickly. And during my studies, I... I really realized that actually everything that moves is 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 what my heart really is for. Um, everything that has the component of time and motion and sound with it uh, that that transports more emotion is is more interesting than just a single still image. Not to say that a still image cannot evoke all these emotions, but it just I just loved it so much. And I started with Flash and website design, and then moved to moved to After Effects and. Then it was like, oh, there's a tool called C4D, and uh, you know, the, you can do 3D stuff. And I was like, well, I didn't, I didn't want to try that because I was scared of of, of having to learn all this stuff that goes into that. Yeah. Um, but um, what school were you? What school did you go to? And, that was and what in, was the training then? Was was this before Cinema 4D? That was what was Cinema 4D. I think it was version four, five, six, something around that. Um, I mean, was no, this before you got into Cinema 4D at the time? Like where you were, you mentioned Flash and everything else, so I yeah, didn't know so if you were. I started with Flash Four, um, so that was I started studying in 2001. Um, I started working with digital arts and Photoshop back in '98, uh, or actually '90. Hang mm-hmm. on, '96, '96. So I was mm-hmm. uh, how old was I? I was. Uh, yeah, that's about when I was getting into Photoshop. 17, 18, yeah. um, you know, as as a young kid, more or less, in school. Yeah. And then... Um, like the Photoshop three days. Yes, 3. exactly. 0. Exactly. And yeah. then 
And then I started studying in 2001, um, studied until 2005. Uh, it was a classic design, communication design thing. Um, mm -hmm. So with all the, all the basics of good typography and photography and sketching and drawing and like learning the, the, like all the basics, the basic foundation that was super helpful. Um, and then towards, yeah. towards, uh, through my, through my studies, I went to Seesucht in Hamburg, uh, as an intern, uh, learned a lot there and they wanted to keep me there, which was flattering, but not really something I wanted because they were working crazy hours. I was working crazy hours. I went from, from, I was, I'm still playing basketball if that wouldn't be a lockdown, but, um, I used to be <laughs> playing like five times a week basketball. I was really fit and everything was not playing professionally, but on a somewhat high level. So mm -hmm. during my internship, I went from, from playing and working out five times a week to once in five months. And, Ooh. and that was just, I mean, that was just nerve wracking. Um, the relationship I had back then, um, didn't work out because of the, all the work and everything. So it taught me a lot of lessons of what I don't want to do. I learned a lot, but also I wasn't super happy um, with the way things were. I was happy with the actual work, but in general, it didn't make me happy. So I realized that's not what I want to do in terms of being employed. So I went back, finished school. And then um, while uh, I was working on my thesis project, I decided to to make a short film, a 3D animated short film, um, that I always wanted to do. And I forced myself to learn Cinema 4D in order to make my thesis film finished, right? Mm -hmm. So I had about 18 books or something. There was no YouTube back then. Um, yeah. You could buy video tutorials the on DVDs pre -GSG. and stuff. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It was yeah. it was crazy. And um, so I managed to pull it off and finish my, my animated short and uh, learned a lot of tips and tricks that I still still use today. And um, after finishing, I, I always use the Wacom tablet like, my first tablet was, I think, I had it at nine, 1999 or 98, I think, mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like this beige, gray, not too fancy. I remember plain, those. <laughs> yeah. Small art pad. And, um, oh, yes. Exactly. I do remember yeah. those. And, and, and I really liked those, you know, the product. And it was very intriguing for me coming from being someone that was always sketching, always holding a pen to translating it to a digital um, canvas, so to say. So I created a, like a fake product promo for the Intuos 3 back then. Um, and I, and I, just because I wanted, you know, just because I was, um, yeah. intrigued by the design of the semi-transparent glass-like surface. And, um, I used it as a practice, you know, practice session for, for Cinema 4D. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and I sent it to Wacom and they loved it. And I said, Hey, can we use this as a, as a promo? Are we going to, we're going to pay you. Uh, like, wow, okay, that's nice. my like my first real gig. Um, and then after that was finished, they asked me to create um, like a proper paid project for the, what was that back then? The Wacom Cintiq, uh, like I think one of the first Cintiqs, I think the, the 13, mm -hmm. the 10 inch, what, it was like the small one. And then for the 21 inch and so on. And this is how it snowballed into um, integrating product promos and, making product renders in C4D and After Effects. And in, I was always inspired by, for example, how Apple did it, you know, like this clean white background and yeah. that the camera mm -hmm. moves. And 
I was mm -hmm. I was very very much um, inspired by that, and and that was kind of like the benchmark. But they were they were filming that with real cameras, and and here's an interesting story. Um, so in 2000 and when was that? 2015. No, hang on. 2013. 2013. I get an email from from a headhunter from Apple. I'm like, okay, so this must be spam. And I'm like, okay, what is this? And like, yeah, hey, this is uh, I don't know what her name was from Apple. We want to reach out because we like your 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 Wacom animations and and the stuff that you that you did. Um, and I must say, I didn't do these alone. I, I've had a few, like at least two friends of mine who, who helped me work on that. So one is Akira, the other one is Max. Um, so I was never really alone apart from the very first one. But uh, I was directing them all and I was like reading this email and it said like, hey, we like the stuff that you output for Wacom. Um, would you be interested in working for Apple and Cupertino in the, in the uh, video department back then? And I was like, mm -hmm. what? Is this spam? And so, yeah, we can have a call. So I jumped on a call. So it was legit. It was real. And um, so I could have had the chance to work in the... Uh, in the design department there, which was like a super crazy tap on the shoulder thing, and then mm -hmm. you know, I told it to my um, to my girlfriend, and I was like, uh, she was pregnant with our first child, and I said, um, <laughs> you know, I have this inquiry to work at Apple. She's like, yeah, you love Apple, you know, you should do that. Yeah, we're going to California, and I was <laughs> like, wait, 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 <laughs> wait, I, I don't know about that. Things are things are fine as they are. So um, I had about three or four calls and was supposed to be with Johnny Ive's team, which would have been super crazy. And they wanted to transition from filming this um, in real to making it all in CG. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, they wanted to use the same tools with Cinema 4D and After Effects. And um, yeah, it was, it was flattering. And I kind of, they kind of felt that I wasn't super into going there. So they kind of, mm -hmm. You know, That's a it. big move. That yeah. that would be a big move for me to go to Texas from mm -hmm. Texas to there. Yeah, let alone yeah. Germany. So, so I, it was I like giving it everything up that you have <laughs> to to do that. And then I was like, is it really worth it? Is it like, is it? I mean, yes, I do like the products and everything, but I mean, is it really good working there? I mean, I've been freelancing for Apple as a demo artist and freelancing for Adobe as a demo artist. So I kind of had insights into the company before and I was like, I don't know if I really want to be stuck just doing that. But every time yeah. there's like a new promo for the new iPhone or for the new MacBook or whatever, I see that and I go like, damn, I could have had work. been you. <laughs> their department, but, uh, their video department. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's like, crazy. It's crazy. They have, um, I wonder what they do as far as rendering. Like, do you think that they actually have PCs in there? They must have some might, PCs maybe. on there, right? Again, why not? You know, it's like... Because they wouldn't be like, oh, well, uh, well, of course, until recently. But they wouldn't be like, oh, well, we don't use Redshift or Octane at Apple because we just have all Apple computers. Yeah. And you're not allowed to use a PC. Certainly, they're allowed to use a PC, right? Yeah, sure, I mean, not? for sure they have PCs in there. I mean, they've developed some of the tools for PCs. I mean, iPhones work with PCs. So um, at the end of the day... yeah. I mean, they probably would not advertise it, but to be honest, probably they they use it. I don't know. Yeah, they must be. I mean, they've got to. They've got yeah. to. Gosh, that department. I bet that's. Fun. I wonder what they're doing with COVID and all that. I don't know. It's a lot yeah. of remote work. I but, mean, i've I've been mm -hmm. I've been in touch with um, with a lot of friends over over in the U.S. and actually all over the world, and asked them how. I, that's that's one of the good things about COVID is is somehow growing together a bit more. Although we are so far apart, it's kind of like a 
it's like the, quite the opposite of everyone is locked in, but still you grow together a little bit more because of being yeah. able to FaceTime more and do all those mm-hmm. Zoom yeah. seminars. And so I've reached out to so many friends I haven't reached out for, for maybe way too long before, just checking on them to see how they are. And um, it's crazy. Like everyone is working remotely. Like even even friends that, that I have at work at Pixar, for example, they've been like super early. They have had like, I mean, they could work remotely anyway because of those little... Uh, what's it yeah. called Teradici or whatever um, yeah. if you so, if you watch Soul at the end yeah. they say they they mention you know this was created by Pixar in houses mm-hmm. at least six feet apart from each other which was mm-hmm. really cool <laughs> you know yeah so, uh, so a lot of them, says, uh, Apple a lot of them work remotely yeah yeah if they yeah. work with V-Ray then they could be they could be P- uh, Mac only you know just yeah. sending stuff I mean they use Houdini we know that they, they actually yeah. bought a couple of courses yeah. uh, <laughs> copies of the course yeah. So but to get back to your to initial question, it was like a long story. I got sidetracked a little bit, but to give you like the backstory <laughs> a little bit, uh, so I've yeah. wrapped it up um, in, into that. But to get back to that Vacuum VR pen project that I that I present about at the 3D Motion mm. Show, um, so this came about uh, like I think almost a year ago when I said like we have this in development and it's not a physical product that you can touch. This is this idea to create this and. Um, would you want to do a trailer? And they have some 3D designs that they created, um, the industrial designers. And uh, I was like, yeah, of course, it would be nice, um, nice to, to try that out and um, or at least to work on that. And there's nothing I could try out because, again, they couldn't ship me anything. So we had to visualize it. And this is something that we've done before where you have like a tablet that is, or any product for that matter, that is in development and it's being developed while you develop the actual yeah. promo for that, yeah. and you try to mm-hmm. to make to make it look as realistic as it possibly will look. Uh, you have all those mm-hmm. CF right. sheets, yeah. the content material finish sheets that define this is plastic, this is metal, this is matte, this is gloss, and then you and just mm-hmm. go ahead and for this project we we worked. I mean, normally we would probably uh, maybe not fly to Japan to film the guys, but. Um, you know, we, we probably would have worked together in a studio and, you know, probably would have traveled at least once to get things aligned. But all this was done remotely, yeah. you know. Um, so I was directing them, telling them exactly what we were looking for, had Zoom calls and Skype calls and whatnot. So everyone was working remotely and, and it worked out quite amazingly, given that everything was done so remotely. I mean, it was it was it was a fun, fun job and pretty much an open brief so um that's that's a good thing if if a company trusts you to do mm-hmm. what whatever you want more or less i mean you have some constraints obviously but there's a lot of creative freedom and um so this trust is built up um through years and this is something i can yeah. always urge anyone to to work directly with um you know with customers instead of going through another hierarchy of maybe a studio or agency, but to have the direct reach to the people involved in the studio so they can mm-hmm. actually say, okay, this is what we want and this is not what we want. Right. And so when when you were building this out and everything, did they give you any like CAD drawings or anything mm-hmm. like that? Or is it all, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they gave us CAD drawings. Uh, we run that through Moy um, to make sure everything is cleaned up and, and nicely handled, mm-hmm. um, can be nicely handled in C4D. And then, uh, yeah, we went ahead and, and tried to recreate it as as realistic as possible in terms of 
mm-hmm. as realistic as we envision it to be. And, you know, a couple of design choices of having transparent hands to see the product through it. Yeah. And, and a funny story about this. So this is the CEO that you can see right now. And uh, we were thinking of having a voiceover that, that talks about it. Of course, yes, inspired by the way Apple does it. But Wacom has been doing it this mm-hmm. way for years as well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So so it's kind of like, okay. Um, but then it was funny because we had a Zoom call and then they said like, yeah, so the CEO is going to be on that call as well. And then they hand it over to me and they're like, so Robert, can you present this idea uh, impromptu? So I was like, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's me, you know, standing there talking in the Zoom call to the CEO and explaining the idea and the concept. And, and he liked it and he signed it off and agreed to be featured in it. So uh, it was a, it was a fun, fun moment. And certainly a, a nice project to keep us afloat during the tough times of COVID. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, you've I, got a I presentation this. on this as well for Maxon that you did, but what was that a few months ago? That was in December. Yeah. One of those in December. Yeah. Yeah. So you, know, you kind of break some of that down, but the, on the, on the whole note of working remotely, like how how has it been for you in general? COVID dealing with having because to be home. Germany's still on lockdown right now, right? Yeah, we are on a super lockdown right now. Um, like everything is closed in terms of shops. Only the necessary uh, necessary stuff is open, like supermarkets, so food and you know general stuff that you need. But you know hair hair salons are closed, as you can see. Uh, restaurants mm-hmm. obviously. I was just sports. thinking how great your hair looks. Oh, thank I you. Know. <laughs> oh. you got, that's that's the look these days, anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But just, um, it's it's been it's been uh, like I said it, it like b- before before we started the recording. the The first time around, the first lockdown was was easier to handle in terms of length. I mean, the the shock and awe about the situation was more intense. Because you didn't know yeah, what it is. Yeah. Now you kind of a little bit understand more. But in terms of the, the long run, it's been quite rough. Um, especially because we have two kids. Uh, homeschooling and home office, although mm-hmm. it sounds similar, doesn't get along too well. Um, it doesn't, no. It's, yeah. it's really tough. I mean, um, uh, we both have to work here. We're both at home having to work. Um Someone has to homeschool a kid. Someone has to pay attention to the to the kindergarten kid um, because mm-hmm. uh, one is five, the other is seven. Um, Play Legos for eight hours, right? I've played Legos <laughs> for eight hours today. Um, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's it's a challenge. I mean, I enjoy working remotely. At the same time, I hate it. It's like a love hate relationship. You lose mm-hmm. the you lose the the, the commute, which yeah. can be good because yeah. traffic is really heavy here in Munich. How long uh, was your commute normally? On a good day, it's about eighteen minutes. On a bad day, it's okay. an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it can it it's can be difference. on the worst case, it can be two hours to get there Jeez. and get back. But okay. I try to to avoid the rush hours, you know. So going either super early or going lightly, slightly later, and leave late, or um, you know, just try to manage my way around. I always use, although I know my way by heart, obviously, I still use Google Maps because. It might be It'll just this day quickest, right? that all, all around Munich, although it's like three or four kilometers long, or it might be 20 minutes faster. Um, so that's what I do in the morning. Um, but as as much as I hate the commute, 
it also gives you time to separate from mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. home right. to to ease into work listen to a podcast uh, yeah. listen to some right. good music as loud as you can sing along yep <laughs> red light people looking over and you go like <laughs> yeah whatever and um so that's that's something i i miss but don't miss at the same time so it's a mix of things and of course i, I mix the the social part you know I, i miss seeing seeing my friends in the studio um so we have a shared studio um have our own room um but still it's it's like a creative hub with different people in there and you bounce back ideas you have a second third yeah. fourth pair of eyes that looks yeah. at it gives you a hard time saying like well robert you can do better than this and Ah, uh, it's a it's a little bit difficult right now, and um, thankfully the projects have picked up as much as I as 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 possible. I think so. We are pretty much swamped with with projects, um, yeah. but mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, I try to try to get a few personal projects uh, ramped up um, during the hard times of COVID. Working on on personal skills, artist skills to to expand mm -hmm. upon that and distract my mind upon uh, from from uh, from bad news and the craziness out there. So, yeah. Yeah. Do the work-life balance is really difficult right now. So how many people were in your studio are in your studio? So right now it's been, it has been four, uh, four people, uh, mm -hmm. but now it's, it's, it's Max and myself. So we share, we share a big okay. room. Um, and, uh, we are next to a company called Scanwork who do, who do color grading mostly. Um, oh, cool. So they develop fantastic looks like for high-end clients like BMW and Porsche and all these like high-end commercials. Um, so whenever we have to color grade something, in fact, they did the color grade hmm. for the for the Wacom project as well. So uh, we nice. can we can bounce back a few things where we don't, I mean, of course I can, I can do color grading in terms of, you know, the minimal stuff with Lumetri or Magic Bullet um right get get some of the looks but of course they're the pros and they know their stuff better than than i certainly yeah. will ever know mm -hmm. so and they are uh, tell like us about the tell, tell us about the uh the elgato stuff too mm -hmm. so the elgato stuff um unfortunately it 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 stopped now for i think the last two years um but Agato was was a company. Um, they are also here in Munich. Um, they originate from from Munich, and they they used to make uh, like like uh, Thunderbolt docks and um, mm -hmm. uh, you know the um, what you see now the Stream Deck where you can have programmable keys and it's a fantastic device. Mm -hmm. And and, yeah. and they also started to make smart home devices like temperature sensors and door sensors and all that stuff. And I just like their design and that they're from Munich and. Uh, I know a few fantastic uh, folks from from Elgato, and they're really a bunch of nice guys. And um, and they basically, I was chasing them, like, "Hey, I want to do, mm -hmm. I want to do something for you." And the good thing is, like, for like, I think about ninety percent of the stuff that I that I do or we do promos for, it's stuff that we like or use. It's it's for yeah. very few clients um, yeah. that approach us that we're, that we don't know anything about it. And of course, you do have those clients, but those are mostly the. I, I read the quote. I don't know where it was from, and, and forgive me for not knowing where the source is. But work for the real, and work for the mm -hmm. meal, right? So I, yeah. I really yeah. like yeah. this. Oh, thing. Yeah. There's a lot of work for the meal that we do that never ends up on a portfolio, and it's not that it's bad work. It's such just that it's not something that we. Would want it's not to know exciting. Oh yeah, it's, it's not, not exciting. It's mundane, sure. and 
but certainly yeah. the the Elgato stuff again it was something I was chasing I wanted to to have it work for the real because again hoping that they can give you some creative freedom and they did um, so we ended up working for them for I don't know how many years like five or six seven years um, but then Elgato was uh, uh, fusioned with Corsair right oh, cool. so they are part of Corsair now so all their like this, this mic that I'm using and all the game capture devices are, are part of Corsair now. And all the smart home okay. stuff is now uh, a brand called Eve. And uh, since okay. Corsair is, um, I think they're American-based and they have like a retainer with some studios and agencies they've been working on with for ages. Oh. So basically mm-hmm. it was like, all right, Robert, yeah. you're, you're basically out of the picture now um, because they yeah. have, you know, there's, they're, they're people who, are, who have been working... Um, with that stuff so the the stream deck project was the last agado project that we did unfortunately uh it was a fantastic project but yeah it's uh no more yeah. that was that was a lot of fun i like their work. stuff though i'm i'm switching i switch these scenes here with yeah uh, stream deck so. yeah, yeah i have i have the light yeah. and you know the the key light and everything it's it's good stuff they make but uh we have their green screens. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we do have their green uh, screens. They randomly make green screens uh-huh. too for some reason. Yeah. It's because they get into all that streaming stuff in general. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah, stuff I've streamers used, would I've want. I've used like, a green screen yeah. for, um, for, our, for our Star Wars fan film project. Um, so I had the huge one that you can, that you can pull, pull down from the, from the wall. So we have mounted it on the wall. Yeah. And, That's cool. Um, That's cool. So, yeah. Yeah, the, how much do you want to talk about that? You, you you mentioned the Star Wars thing, and I knew about it a little bit, but I didn't know how much you wanted to really talk about it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I don't. I, I, I know don't you wanna... teased some of it on your Instagram. <laughs> I, I, I I drop a few teases here and there, so um, it's it's a project, a personal project I've been working on for about three years now. Um, I have an idea that I believe think it's a good idea. I'm not going to say what it is, but it's certainly something. That hasn't been done before. I mean, it sounds bold, but um, once it's out, you, you'll probably agree. And I think I've told you the story of what it's about um, generally. Um, so it, it, is a, it is a mix of, of, um, of CG, obviously, but also a lot mm-hmm. of practical stuff. So um, there's, a, there's a desk involved, like a table, like an imperial table. Um, there's a stormtrooper involved. There's a blaster involved. And... Um, and all this, as as much as possible, filmed with with a proper camera. So I have to figure out lights, and I was cutting out um, like the the typical Star Wars lights that you have with the with the shapes, with the rounded long shapes um, that mm-hmm. is giving all the reflections on the armor. So when you integrate that with the CG scenes, it will look hopefully um, flawless and, and and will blend in quite nicely. Um, if you if you want to see some of that stuff, I have a couple of archived Instagram stories in my feed that you can look look up on how everything was built. And my dad helped me with the electricity, electronics part with the flashing lights, and um, I created a user interface design that is then put into an iPad, and the iPad is then in the actual prop. Um, I think that's the same yeah. principle they they did on the movies, on the last movies, for example. So um, as much as possible in camera, but as a lot of green screen as well. A uh, couple of CG shots. We have a running time of... A I lot think, of practical stuff. I'm looking at your Instagram right yeah. now. That's yeah. super yeah. cool. And it, it all started with me being fed up of working so much on a computer. Like 
five years ago, six years ago, I started to, I just bought a C3PO and I, I, I glued it together and I, I painted it with all the details. And it gave me flashbacks of as a kid when I used to, to build planes and tanks and robots and stuff. Yeah. And, and I was like, man, this is so much fun to get off the computer, do something with your hand. And then cool. that was the time when I decided, like, I always wanted to, to have my own Stormtrooper armor standing there. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can wear it, but I just wanted to have it. I was always fascinated by the design um, that was created. So I, I bought this suit from Anovos. It's like an American company. They have like this, um, it's it's like a 99% film accurate uh, and you hope armor um, that mm-hmm. you can custom make custom fit to your to your body, and um, so I, I purchased that, and and then I created the blaster that is also as film accurate as possible. And while working on that, I had this idea for the short film, and so I'm using this short film as kind of a creative outlet to to try new tools, to try new things, um, familiarize familiar, familiarize myself with 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 camera so i bought a black magic uh cinema 4k camera um mm-hmm. not necessary for that project but i use it for that project i'm using it right now to stream this but i've yeah. been also using this camera to to record tutorials um videos yeah. um i've always been into photography so i knew my way around you know what what does an aperture do how does lenses operate but this helped me as a cir- circle to to familiarize myself even more with what does the camera actually do? How does it behave? Um, mm-hmm. Which then again right. helps you as an artist to to hone your eye to create better CG. So it was like this this whole thing, and it's it's not like okay, you just buy a camera and you just go out and, and and film something random. But having like a project, like a like a purpose to do that. Same with the the redshift example I said earlier in the show. Um, so I took this mouse droid, and that scene is it's. So there's a mouse droid in, in, in the short, but that scene is finished. It's rendered, it's done. And I used Element 3D to do that. And it looks somewhat mm-hmm. okay, but it's not where I want it to be. So I thought, hey, why not recreate that scene with, you know, Cinema 4D and Redshift and, and render it properly. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I mean, Element 3D is fantastic and as it is, but, you know, it has its limitations for, for right. what I wanted to do. And so I gave myself this task of whenever I have some time, which I don't, but sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I just take like, like three or four hours during the night, don't watch Netflix, but, you know, just stick on the computer, figure this thing yeah. out and have a purpose. And, and this personal project is, is, is what it is. So I could, I could take this whole project, dump it right now, erase every backup of it, I would be very mad, but at the same time, the process, the learning process that went into it, mm-hmm. the learning, the things it gave to me, both as a distraction mm-hmm. in terms of as a coping thing through all yeah. the hard hard yeah. stuff on during COVID, the learning stuff, the emotional journey of figuring out, analyzing grain on Star Wars and what lenses they used and what angles mm-hmm. they used and what lights they used. It was such a joy. I mean, I, I want to finish it, and, then, and hopefully it will be finished this year. But, I mean, the whole process is just such a joyful thing. So I can urge everyone to, to pursue a personal project, whatever it is. I mean, you can, you can have it as a playground, but there's no client that says, make it blue, yeah. make it red, make the, make the logo yeah, yeah, yeah. bigger, you know. Yeah. Uh, I make want the logo bigger. 
So, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's I love, it's, I, I would recommend people to go and look at your Instagram story because that it's really cool seeing the setup and like seeing how you made the, the gobos for the soft boxes in order to get the reflections right on everything. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Super duper cool. And it's, yeah. I, I used, I used uh, lids from Chinese takeaway. I used paper cuts. Uh-huh. I used, yeah. uh, I was Lego. I, I used everyday materials, painted it, printed it out on my printer, glued it on. Uh, foam um, uh, foam pads, uh, pfft. like just just being creative uh, with not with a computer, but with whatever comes to your mind to create that look. That was, I mean, that's fun. I like it. Yeah, you, you're gonna have to give us a breakdown whenever uh, you're you're done with it. Like, yeah, come back so, on the show, talk about all the the bits and pieces. Yeah, I, I definitely want to. Um, hopefully, I mean, I have to release it under non non-profit thing you know it's just to be in in line with the gentleman's right. agreement with lucasfilm of having a right. non, non-commercial purpose for it which which i do um so i'm gonna release it for free on youtube and stuff but um i i i documented all the steps so i'm gonna talk a lot about this and share a lot of my a lot of the knowledge that i have collected in those two years about how i did this how i did that uh, what tools i used what tricks what plugins whatever um uh, film the making off so it'll gonna be a making off movie with that as well so it's yeah. all been taken care of i just need to find time to do that <laughs> and it's right. uh, i wish i wish i had more time so i plan to release it last year may the 4th then i thought you know <laughs> uh actually hang on i wanted to release it with the rise of skywalker which was was mm-hmm. it 2019 yes it was 2019 right everything uh, i think so yeah everything is a blur I think so so that didn't work out, obviously. Yeah. Then it was like, yeah, let's do it May. And then it was like, yeah, let's do it for Mandalorian season two. And I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I just, <laughs> I just finish it whenever I have time. I, I I better spend more time on it and make it nice instead of rushing it out. And I enjoy yeah. the process. So yeah. whenever I find time to work on it, I work on it. And client project goes first, family goes first, obviously. So yeah. Yeah, that's how it always goes. It always takes the back seat. Mm-hmm. But you've been doing, you've done a lot of webinars, presentations, mm-hmm. speaking events, you mm-hmm. know, before COVID and everything. Um, are Do you enjoy doing the educational stuff uh, just as much as like personal work or client work? What do you enjoy doing the most? So here's the thing. I had a, I had kind of an epiphany a couple of years ago with, with all the work uh, stuff. Um, so for me, like the, so there's, there's two, two events that happened. So one was going all crazy about work in terms of thesis work. When I was studying, working on my um, graduation film, um, I was, I was going mental about it. This was like the most important thing in the world for me. Um, I was on a trip to New York in 2000. Four, I think it was. I, I visited a couple of studios like Psyop and Eyeball. I was knocking on doors, just saying, "Hey, I am a student. I want to see your studio." Like, all right, mm-hmm. come in. You know, it was kind of fun, um, out of the blue. And I met a bunch of fantastic people. And one one um, artist, uh, Carlo Vega, is his name. Um, he was like, "Hey, Rob, why are you freaking about out about this three D project of yours?" And like, what do you mean? It's like the most important thing in the world. And he said something that stuck to me even like 16, 16, 17 years after that. He said, it's just pixels, man. And I was like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, 
and it, and, it, and, it, and it was like, okay, I thought about it, and I was like, okay, he's actually right. No one's going to die if I mess this up. It's not like, we're not, not all, hmm. I mean, none of us are working as a heart surgeon, as a brain surgeon, or something like saving lives, like, like doing really important stuff. Mm-hmm. Although we take ourselves like way too serious sometimes and thinking of, oh yeah, this is like, oh, the design industry and the film industry, whatever. After yeah. all, it's just, it's just pixels. So that puts things in context. That was like a big wake up call in terms of like, okay. Hmm. But then, you know, you get into work and being self-employed and everything. You start to work. And again, you, you go back into this mood of, oh yeah, this is like the most important thing. And you work, work, work. And mm-hmm. then you put all the effort into creating those pixels and, this has to be the, the, the best looking promo in the world. And it has a half-life of, I don't know, a year or a half a year or whatever. And a new product yeah. comes out and replaces the old product. So you create the new promo and then this comes and this is the most important car commercial, whatever. And the the cultural relevance of it is so little. I mean, if you work in the feature film industry, it might be a little bit diff- different because it has a longer and different cultural value than commercial yeah. stuff. And... Yeah. Since I've the average always... person is going to be in Instagram scrolling past it for yeah. a split second. Oh, that's yeah. nice. If it doesn't Hard. catch their eye, they don't even watch you it. You just scroll on. You yeah. Know? yeah. So yeah. I was like, um, since I've been always presenting, um, like from that was like always like my second second leg of, of, of earning and income, like doing, again, being a demo artist for Apple and Adobe and Wacom and Maxon and so on. Like there was always like a new product that, that needed a demo or a training. Um, my heart was always in there for design, but I always loved presenting. So when I did started to do more presentations and more teaching and tutorial stuff, and and also uh, being on the podcast uh, on on Chris Doe's show on the future, talking to these mm-hmm. guys and seeing what impact um, teaching has, it, it made me think a lot. And um, I remember I, this was there was this one specific situation where. I was presenting in, I'm not sure where it was. I think it might have been, um, where was it? It might have been Warsaw. It was in Eastern Eastern Europe for sure. But it wasn't, I was on a tour. So I, it was a couple of cities mm-hmm. and a couple of countries. So I'm not, not sure where exactly it was. But this young kid approached me after, the, after I finished my presentation. And he was like, yeah, I want to be like you. I want to do stuff like you. And I was flattered. I was like, oh, wow, I... You better think about that because I always I just show the real <laughs> stuff. I just uh, the the, the, yeah. the real stuff, not the mule stuff. So I, I have my own set of issues, and uh, you know, it's not like everything is fancy. Not everything is as it, as it appears on Instagram. And it, he's like, "Yeah, but my parents want me to do, um, you know, to go to um, you know to study maths or or, or science or physics." So I'm I'm not not hundred percent sure what it was, but he loves art and films so much. And what should I do? He said. And I said, "Wow, that's a that's a that's a burden um, to to give any advice to that, because what can you mm-hmm. say to someone like this? I mean, you can't say you know quit school and do what you love." Yeah. But essentially, yeah. that was what I said in a package. I remember my grandma and and what Steve Jobs said. And, and fun fact, my grandma said the exact same thing as Steve Jobs said. And she said, "Do what you love, and you don't have to work because it doesn't yeah. feel like work. Because if you it's if you love 100% it, one hundred percent true in this industry." So I told I told and him not nothing to quit. would piss off a kid's parents like saying that, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> I know, you, but I, but you I know, said, I didn't, I didn't they t- want him to go to college. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I didn't tell him to yeah. to to leave college or you know to quit whatever he's doing. I just said, 
pursue what you love and then you'll be happy. So look for what makes you happy. And he said, mm -hmm. yeah, thank you. And then, um, believe it or not, I think, I'm not sure, one or two years later, I get this message on Instagram. And he says, like, hey, you know what? I, I, I didn't, I quit school. I worked as a barkeeper to, to earn money. Um, I went, I, mm -hmm. I, I taught myself all these skills and tools. And now he works at a feature film company trading all this stuff. He's the happiest person on earth. He just wanted to say thank you. And I read that and I instantly had tears in my eyes. I was like, wow, that was mind blowing because, you know, I helped someone hone his, his career, um, help mm -hmm. his career. And that gave me so much, um, yeah, so much good feelings and, and so much joy than none of the last 20 projects gave me in terms of satisfaction and, yeah. and being yeah. being proud right. to actually contribute to something. So short story, long story short, um, this is where I want to go, you know, looking onwards, like teaching more and, right. and giving back more and helping people because the value, what you, what you, what you give, same as you guys, you know, you, you, you share knowledge and you share, you know, tips and tricks and, and wisdom that you've gained over the years mm -hmm. and you connect people. And that is, that is so much more valuable than any beautiful promo can be. Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with Skeleton Crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast. Your, your source, source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. Stay, stay, I uh, got a couple of links for you, and we're going to go to MoGraph Recommends because I do have a heart out. I unfortunately have to go take a COVID test. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And uh, so I, I'm, I do have to hit a heart out here pretty soon. But uh, number one link, this is pretty interesting, is Shutterstock has acquired Turbo Squid. I, that's so, it's, that was surprising to me. And you know, what was sure even more surprising? <laughs> what was even more surprising was the amount. Only seventy-five million dollars. I know you say seventy-five million dollars, but when you're talking about a company like Turbo Squid, I would think that Turbo Squid would be worth more than seventy-five million dollars. Maybe it's because mm. I use mm -hmm. it, you know, and we're such a niche market. But I, I felt like, you know, I mean, crap, Adobe bought. Behance for two billion dollars, you know. 
How is how is Turbo Squid only worth mm. seventy five million? I don't know. Well, the the big question is like, what exactly are their plans? With yeah, it? you know, is it going to be sucky? Yeah, is it is it going to be? <laughs> Will some Mike still be able to get all of his his <laughs> stuff for free? <laughs> the the whole thing about any of these any of these acquisitions that happen, like Adobe buying Substance, for example, right? Yeah. Everybody's like, oh man, yeah. what's going to happen to it? And it hasn't They're been bad do, so far. It hasn't been bad. They're yeah. either going to, and it's called Substance by Adobe. Yeah. It's transition period, right? It was yeah. Substance and Substance by Adobe, and then eventually it'll be Adobe Substance. They'll yeah. switch it on you. They're trying to they're trying to ease you into it, but right. like. When it comes to companies buying other companies, everybody always gets a little bit scared, and it's like, what's what's going to happen? Is nothing going to happen? Yeah. Which for for most of us, that's what we want. Just I, I like Turbo Squid. Mm-hmm. I use it a lot. Yeah, spend a lot of money on Turbo Squid. Yep, and I don't want that to change. I want the changes to be for the better. I don't want to have to buy credits to buy turbo yeah, squid models mm-hmm. you know that's my fear oh this this uh this model here is 42 credits and but you can only buy 50 credits it. at a time <laughs> yeah right and it now goes you have to left a, yeah right yeah exactly now i probably end up using them but for a lot of people it's i don't know it, yeah i hope it doesn't go that route so uh check out that article we'll keep an eye on it see where it goes i hope it doesn't get sucky but you know also, uh, like I mentioned earlier, there's the Mike Beeple Winkleman Crypto Art Podcast on uh, School of Motion. Really so good. check that out. On my list. Him and Joey <laughs> and, and EJ. And uh, this one is interesting. Now, this is by Ben Marriott, who I think is in our Slack, so. if I'm not mistaken. That's a lot of views. This is uh, AI animation tutorial. The Simpsons with EB Synth. So, so. Oh, yeah. EB Synth. EB Synth is cool. Yeah. So it kind of will recreate, I guess, using AI, using a style, mm-hmm. like from one so, frame. Yeah. Can yeah, yeah. Apply so, that style to we, other frames. We've talked about this before on the show, EB Synth, and I've mm-hmm. even played around with it. It, it like sees the, um, I don't know, like the tweening between motion and stuff so that you only have to draw on one frame. And then it fills in the rest, you know, right. it's just kind of neat. <laughs> I just don't know. So in this tutorial, it's the Simpsons. He took a clip of the Simpsons and did a really nice shading uh-huh. on one of the frames and then, you know, did the AI with the rest to see how well it would interpret and yeah. paint the rest of the Simpsons yeah. clips. I want to say that Pretty we cool. have, this one has come up before because this, this one is yeah. from 2019 i think we mm-hmm. talked about this a couple of oh years did ago. we yeah yeah i don't know why it just started making the rounds again this week for some it's, reason it's cool it's very cool i definitely <laughs> yeah. like eb synth is something that i i i would love to see incorporated into like an after effects or something like that mm-hmm. you know yeah i don't know and the fourth link again is just a link to again like i mentioned earlier to the article on Winbush on intel and their creative uh site about that features creative creatives mm-hmm. uh let's do some MoGraph recommends we're gonna ask you some of your favorites and these can either be your most recent favorite or your all-time favorites doesn't matter and we're gonna start with favorite movie 
Ah, uh, that's a tough one. Um, there is no one favorite movie for me because it's it, it, there's just too many that I like. Um, there's certainly there's certainly Star Wars up there because it was so influential uh, on on my mm-hmm. creativity in terms of fantasy of wanting to create something that doesn't exist, no matter mm-hmm. if it's a logo or a universe or whatever. Um, but of course, there's a couple of movies that that I really think are, are really touching my heart. And it's, it's, it's a bunch. I'll name a bunch if I may. So, for example, Iron Giant uh, is, is a very underestimated yeah. movie. Such a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brad Bird's um, Iron Giant. The so, feels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, of course, of course, movies that have the whole roller coaster of emotions that make you laugh, that make you cry. Uh, and certainly a lot of the Pixar movies are in there. Uh, Soul, for yeah. example, as the last example. I just saw Soul oh, last man. weekend. It's so the, good. The, the so same goes good. for Inside Out, um, Coco. Mm-hmm. All these movies Love that have Coco. that have yeah. a, a very strong message, um, and these movies could work as animated movies drawn in like live action. It's it's a story that matters, and 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 these are some of my favorites yeah. for sure. Yeah, Shawshank yeah. Redemption. Even, if you want to have like a yeah, old a school, like a classic one, that's that's definitely Seven. Maybe also in terms of the feels, and also it had a big impact for me in terms of title design um mm-hmm. that's something that that really mm-hmm. resonates with me uh, i can really remember that i was so fascinated by the opening titles of that one so yeah freaking interstellar got to me man yeah mm-hmm. interstellar was good yeah got me in the feels as well uh what about music music um a mix really depends on the mood uh like my favorite band is, is certainly Coldplay been to yeah. countless countless right. concerts uh, always inspired by their energy and creativity and, and and being humble and also the effort they put into every not just necessarily every song but every show um mm-hmm. their creativity is is, is, is amazing I, I just love their songs uh can listen but coldplay is also one of those where like you know people you, you almost don't want to admit that you listen to coldplay <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> no. i I, because I, know I don't mean. know why they get such a bad rap, you know, yeah. but like I, I went through a big Coldplay phase, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know why everybody like disses on Coldplay so much. I don't yeah. care. I, I, I love them. Um, I love them. Uh, I don't have, I know what you mean. I've heard this before when I say Coldplay, you're like, oh, Coldplay, oh, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. but I, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's I don't cool. 40 year old version. Are popular, right? And say yeah. again. I said it's cool to hate bands that are popular. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, I saw true. I saw Coldplay live in uh, my friend Steve Holmes that I visited. He lived in the U.S. back then. He's also a guy who's responsible for teaching me a lot of After Effects, by the way. Um, he used to be like one of the big, um, uh, back with uh, uh, Brian Maffitt, um Total Training. Uh, that was his thing back then. With oh, DVDs. okay. So um, he's one of my best friends, and, and he... He introduced me to Coldplay back with the album uh, Parachutes, and they played that. And I was there in the University of Berkeley in the auditorium with I don't know maybe a thousand people or something. So that was like one of the the first minor concerts, and they were unknown in Germany back then. So I started to like them before they were super popular, and mm-hmm. I grew liking them. So it's not like. I like them because they're popular. So that's mm-hmm. uh, 
that's a little bit of an excuse. You liked of, them before ex, they were ex, cool. Ex, ex, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's yeah. that's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. Um, <laughs> but also, I listened to a lot of of like um, hip hop, uh, a lot of you know anything Macklemore, Jay Z, like old school stuff. Uh, a little bit of Puff Daddy and uh, B.I.G. and like all. The, mm-hmm. I grew up with that music as well, so I like to listen to that as well. And sometimes when I want to work uh, really hard, like some some good fat boy. That was gonna be my question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can, I can. You gotta have that and, work music, mm-hmm. like uh, like uh, client deadline music. Like yeah. mm-hmm. you got one hour to get yeah. this done, blast it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Matter of fact, I can. There's actually two things I can recommend on you. On there's, it's on YouTube. So one thing that really calmed me down um, during, like, when I had anxiety about this whole situation, listening um, while working was Chilled Cow. They have like a fantastic stream of music. Uh, okay. You can check that out. It's 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 really lovely. And the other thing is um, is Fatboy Slim's channel. He had mm-hmm. he made a couple of remixes for for a few weeks. I think uh, during lockdown he stopped that because. Who knows when it ends? But uh, he yeah. has he has a bunch of remixes that are uh, between an hour and an hour twenty long, and, and you can listen to all of them. They're just so good. It's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And what TV shows have you been watching in quarantine? What's well, the good ones right now? I, Dave, I let I let you guess. Mandalorian. Yeah, <laughs> that was an right. easy one, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I was number one. I was. Yeah, that was that was I was blown away by it really. Um yeah. Completely. What do you think about the the s- slow pacing that some people don't enjoy? Oh, that's about it. that's what I enjoy about it. it, okay. it the the setup, slow pacing? Yeah. Yeah, it's, me too. It, 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 the setup, you know, taking time to expand on things and not have something rush through frame, you know, and say, yeah, it was in there, you know, you blink and you miss. But actually, taking taking the taking the time to build things up, and yes, mm-hmm. there are a few slow episodes and there are a few mm-hmm. ones that are not so good. But the build up is crazy, and um, especially for season two, where you just like every like almost every after the third episode, I was like, "Wow, how can they raise that?" And they they kept raising it with every episode yep. until the end. It was just like, yeah, yeah. But also, I, it, um, I think it's a great binge worthy show. You know, totally all because of that. You know, if you're watching it week to week, it's mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're like, OK, you know, a, a little bit at a time. It's the same thing with WandaVision right now. WandaVision. Oh, I yeah. haven't seen the latest episode, oh, but so you watch, good. neither have I, you know, I you watch to. it and it's like, OK, you get the sitcom part, you know, and then you get hints of it within the mm-hmm. Marvel universe or whatever. Mm-hmm. With Mandalorian, it was the same. It's like, OK, you get a, you know, a Western adventure. Mm-hmm. With hints about, you know, uh, uh, what the Mandalorian's path or whatever, you know. You get the fan service part, but you also get the creative right. part. And, but there's right. also two yeah. shows I want to point out um, that, that really, like, uh, I was blown away by Ted Lasso, to be honest. I read so many good things about it. So, yes. so it good. So I much just heart. started that. It so has, good. It, it is, yeah. is, I mean, it's such a, it makes you believe in the good of people somehow you yeah know, kind of like, absolutely yeah. you just go like oh man there's 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 nice people out there although it's just a show but still i mean obviously there's people yeah. like that in real life was, and the was other it thing based is on a commercial or something it was based right? on a commercial like, yeah. 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 yeah 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 and the or other a promo thing, I, or something like that yeah 
I was yeah. uh, I was watching because um, I still have this free Apple TV Plus thing that mm -hmm. was actually yeah. uh, extended till July just uh, yesterday. I was gonna say I got uh -huh. that that email too. They extended it, so I was kind of panic if watching like all yeah. this all the good stuff. So I watched <laughs> C, for example, um, and I was blown away by C. To be to be honest, um, C. I don't know that one. It is. I mean the the whole creative hmm. uh, idea. So basically, I I don't want to spoil it to you, but. It's based on like uh, there was an apocalyptic event. Uh, it's I don't know three four hundred years in the future, and humanity mm -hmm. is is blind basically. So you have all those tribes, and it it looks like even pre medieval stuff, but mixed hmm. in with you know little glimpses of what once was humanity. So you see rust, rusted cars. So it's like a mix of Walking Dead, Mad Max, and Game of Thrones. Um, mm -hmm. So okay. huh. the thing is, most humans cannot see. So you have different tribes fighting each other, and the way they choreograph and show how can you fight being blind. So a lot of it is about yeah. with audio and and tactile stuff and and hearing and tasting. Um, but the whole idea of of showing like a TV show that is like epic that is with mostly you know blind humanity, but then there's mm -hmm. A lady, and this is not a spoiler because like this is the setup that gives birth to to twins that can actually see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And here it goes, like here, you know, why can they see and what the is chosen ones? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not too much of a cliche chosen one thing. I can say that. Yeah. But um, I read about the show, and and they have a lot of um, actually some of the cast is actually blind. Um, they have um, really. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So you huh. have people who who give them recommendations and and um, tips on on how they can make it more believable that are blind, you know. So they have they have uh, counselors nice. that are blind, mm -hmm. and um, I really liked it. I mean, almost every episode looks like freaking Revenant out there. I mean, it's I think they filmed <laughs> it in Canada, or I'm not sure where they filmed it, but the landscape is it's beautifully filmed. It's ridiculous. I mean, Jason Momoa is, of course, it's Jason Momoa. I mean. Mm -hmm. he's, he's doing his thing and uh i really enjoyed it uh, it's it's very creative in terms of how they how they fight how they use sound you know to to uh to get get along and uh yeah i can recommend it that jason Interesting. Interesting. he's a dream yeah boat. i'm looking at that yeah he is i'm looking at the the preview right now it's very pretty looking it's very yeah. pretty it, it's like but you wonder how how like how I, I don't know. That's it's an it's an interesting concept. It's a very interesting concept. Does he have his long hair in it and take his shirt off, you know, like he does in all his other movies. Nope. I mean, one can only hope. Yeah, nope. <laughs> but he's a gentle lover. It's <laughs> 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 funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out because I did get that extension. I, I feel like that Apple should just like if you're paying monthly for your iphone you should just get their video service for free come on now yeah. i mean to be honest i've uh, watched i've also watched the morning show and i like that one as well i mean touched on it I already did. i like it yeah yeah you did i like did it? i oh. got like two episodes in and i'm just like i i'm not into this i'm not into this have like, you watched for all mankind though no no not yet oh is it good oh no. watch yeah yeah watch mm -hmm. i'm ready for season two nice for sure uh, the next one on the list is uh, favorite podcast. If you listen to podcasts, <laughs> yeah, right? Listen to more. I do. Correct um, answer. To be honest, I jumped on the podcast train quite late. Um, mm -hmm. 
I didn't I didn't take it too I don't know I wouldn't say too seriously but I I wasn't didn't have it on my radar so much. Um, starting when I was on the show for the future, I, I started to listen to their podcast, which I really enjoy mm. um, because it gives you a lot of tips on about the whole business of of design and creativity. So, um, but that led me to to other podcasts. Um, the couple of German ones, Matthew Mockridge had one that was really good about you know personal growth and life hacks and stuff like that um, that mm -hmm. I enjoyed. Um, the Gary V podcast um, yeah. is is yeah. is good in in. I mean, it's a lot that you have to take in, and his his yeah. style is a little yeah. bit sometimes a little bit too much for me. Uh, but you have yeah, to yeah. you have to know how to I take it and take out the the like you know the the actual message. Um, so you have yeah. to know how you take it. Yeah, and of course yours. Yeah, and uh, well, yeah. of course, of course. <laughs> uh, what about favorite plugin? Favorite plugin uh, for Cinema mm -hmm. 4D is certainly the the CV uh, arts smart arts, art smart stuff mm -hmm. for Illustrator because yeah. I work with a lot of Illustrator uh, files so that's that's something I use uh, regularly when working with with uh, typography or logos um, for After Effects. Still, a lot of people don't know about that. Yeah, yeah it's it's crazy good. Yeah. It's crazy good. Um, so you have to try mm -hmm. that um, for After Effects. It's it's definitely two sets of plugins that I use like every day that I, I, I literally cannot live without. Um, it's the, the Boris FX um, uh, Sapphire plugins. Um, that's, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. stuff that I've been using for, I don't know, 16, 15 years, something like that. Um, cool. The same applies for, for all the Red Giant stuff. Um, you know, uh, starting with all back when it was trap code, like all the, the particular stuff. Can't do without yeah. that. Um, obviously, a magic bullet uh, is also one of the things that I couldn't live without. Uh, the the primate here I've used heavily on my project. Mm -hmm. um, so these mm -hmm. are the ones that I that I can really recommend. I mean, in terms of free stuff, something that I use every day, of course, is is Andrew's stuff, uh, video copilot stuff. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like the the, the shortcut one. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, console FX yeah. console Commit. FX console FX console VC. yeah FX console I yeah. mean literally I cannot use I cannot use FX without it um, that's something yeah. that I use mm -hmm. uh, even just for you know creating not just for getting the effect that you want just using it like spotlight on a Mac like shortcut bam type yeah. in yeah. P, P A and you yeah. instantly have particular listed up but also yeah. to how I mean how often I cannot even describe how often I use it to create drafts, um, style frames, mood frames for clients. I built something in After Effects, and before going to render, render as image, save image, blah, 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 I click on that snapshot button, click on export, and off it goes, right? And, and, yeah. and th then you have mm -hmm. it. Yeah. yeah, my light. We died. lost your blue light behind you. <laughs> yeah, batteries out. You yeah. have to go yeah. with. You have to go with gray. And I didn't expect to go for that long, so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's how we roll. We're almost there, though. Uh, what, yeah. what is your go-to muscle memory app on your on your phone? Muscle memory app on my phone. Uh, yeah, like what is your hand just naturally pressed when you pick up your phone? It's probably the left swipe. You know, to see the news uh, on on iPhone. Oh, okay. you okay. use that? Yeah. I, I didn't know anyone yeah. used that. Like just to see wow. if the wall is gonna erupt in the I don't know even crazier fanciness. Yeah, you just doom scrolling, yeah. yeah. Doom, doom scrolling, doom, the doom scroll. Uh, sometimes I force mm -hmm. myself to have like we we had like a no news Monday, 
so we don't consume mm, news on a Monday, for nice. example. I like that. That's um, fun. It's fun to try out. I mean, it does something with you, you know? Um, yeah. You, you approach a day differently when you don't care. About, uh, it's not don't care is like the wrong word because you should care, but you just... Yeah. You just... You got to get on... You got to do your thing. You got to do your life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You just avoid yeah. thinking about the, the world yeah. pain that is out there. I mean, there's so much... Yeah. You know, there's so much bad stuff happening everywhere in the world and sometimes it just gets to you too much that it affects you personally too much in a in a healthy way so sometimes mm-hmm. avoiding the bad news is sometimes a good thing um yeah uh, you just got to be able to you know a lot of this stuff will happen and you'll go about your day and nothing's going to change exactly. like it's not going to really affect you and you're just barraged with all this doom all exactly. the time sometimes yeah. it's it's good to realize, hey, that's not really going to change what I'm going to do today. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I don't always take my advice. That's for true, but yeah, I mean, I I, I do shut it off a lot. It gets to a point where mm-hmm. delete Facebook, mm-hmm. shut it off, ignore it for a while, try and just not be addicted to it. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's the thing. You get addicted it's, to doom do. scrolling. It's you awful. Do. Yeah, it's, and and you hate yourself for doing it. What what's what's funny is you know when trump was president <laughs> i i found I myself doom scrolling a lot i yeah. like you know because i wanted to stay informed and now that biden's president there's not so much out there now and i'm like i i, I feel like i kind of need that fix you know at points i'm like okay can we just check in on trump and see like what he's screwing up right now no. can you just so give me just give me here's the no. thing i mean there was like I used no to, that's a bad way to think i used to watch i used to watch house of cards and i and uh-huh. I, I remember yes. thinking about scenes where it goes like this is just so ridiculous i mean who writes this stuff uh-huh. I mean, like uh-huh. how like right and and there was this point where reality overtook fiction in terms of yeah ridiculousness like worse than house of cards like it was it was it was like towards the end you know it was it It was was, it 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 wasn't even like because at least with house of cards you got a little bit there was like there was like like you know i don't know there's a little bit of like ability in intellectualism to it versus like Mm -hmm. this is like right fun house of cards yeah <laughs> right know? yeah there was no fun in the real uh, world no uh, in that no. regard yeah so speaking of distractions do you play video games because we have a new question on the oh. list now about your favorite video game uh yes i wish i could play more but uh i love mm-hmm. video games yeah i grew up playing video games uh you know and i played a lot of tactical like strategy games a lot of adventure stuff you know, Monkey Island mm-hmm. for the win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> who didn't play that one? Wing Commander. You know, that was actually that was that had a big influence on yeah. me. Like, like seeing cutscenes and you know interacting yeah, with a game. It was Wing like, Commander. oh my god, this is like I'm in the yes. game. Um, but oh, um, man, the two games Wing I would, Commander Two. Yeah, was my favorite. I think and it had Mark Hamill in it. Oh you know, like Luke Skywalker. Like, oh my god! Gosh, I and forgot all about this until you brought this up, man. Yes. Wing Commander Two was my jam. Thank me With later. A- like all the aliens were lions. Mm-hmm. Kilrathi. Oh, Kilrathi, man! God, I'm getting <laughs> the nostalgia going. Yep. So um, the games, I, I like. There's another nostalgic one, and I used to play X-wing versus Tie Fighter a lot, and. 
since since having you know squadrons i have my my um you know my wife uh, down here hooked up on my pc i have the sensors and everything so mm -hmm. I, i i enjoy squadrons <laughs> yeah there you go i enjoy playing squadrons oh, but um i i didn't i don't have the time to play it as much as i would love to uh, last of us 2 on the playstation is also up on the list yeah. to play um but uh, eventually i will find time one day to play a little bit more Hmm. Yeah, I I always get really hyped about these games, and then I buy them and I play them once, and I same play here them again. <laughs> same here. Yeah. You Don't know, ask have, me how much I've played Cyberpunk so far. You know, I have I have right. even this this Very thing little. here. You know, you know, like to to <laughs> properly. Oh, nice. see, now I was thinking about getting one of those. <sighs> for playing flight simulator mm -hmm. and then i realized that i don't play enough flight simulator to justify one of those yeah because i'm like i could use it for this i could use it for elite dangerous mm -hmm. so maybe maybe i'll buy one if i get the bug but i, I bought it on dollars to get a real know, nice so. joystick yeah 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 i i just i know that i'm gonna drop a few hundo on something like that and then not use it Yeah, you know, not on purpose, just because there's too much going on. But when day. I use it, so. I enjoy it a lot. So it's, I mean, the yeah. immersiveness is ridiculously good. It's, it's, it's really good. So, and to, it's really nice to have a joystick like that if you're playing something like Elite Dangerous because mm -hmm. Elite Dangerous is like a PC use your keyboard for all the <laughs> commands type of game. And when you have a VR headset on, there's no way to yeah type the commands it's like that vr star wars game that came out mm -hmm. you have to like pull your headset up to find the keyboard commands mm -hmm. yeah they don't tell you that when you buy the game and uh having a joystick like that where you can mm -hmm. uh, easily access all those buttons without taking it off i think is helpful mm -hmm. uh last question and this is the tough one is your well for most people but maybe you got one is your favorite life hack uh It, it is a tough one, but I think the ultimate life hack is like what I touched uh, base upon uh, previously. It's 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 actually a simple one, and and it's really coming back to love what you do. Mm -hmm. um, because if you love what you do, you will be an endlessly more happier person in terms of where you because you mm -hmm. spend so much money on your work, as uh, some not money, so much time on your work no matter what you work i mean everyone has has to work something between six and 12 hours a day unfortunately so you spend mm -hmm. a significant time of your life working and if you go into work and you hate it i mean chances are you're going to be a miserable person not to yeah. say that you have to be an artist or something i mean we are lucky position to you know mm -hmm. having having art and design and creativity as something that is easily likable as someone that likes this job you know this is also flawed this is also risk because you you end up liking it so much that you you say ah you know what screw that i'm just gonna work for 18 hours i'm just gonna do this for free yeah. because i want to have the exposure yeah. so there's a lot of risks involved involved that in our region but overly i would say the biggest life hack is really love what you do because then it doesn't feel like work and then you'll be endlessly happier instead of hating your everyday life absolutely yeah I, i think right now when it comes to work i i am enjoying what i do and it doesn't mean i don't get stressed about 
work or yeah, getting projects done or, or even, you know, getting MoGraph stuff done. Yeah, of course. I do get stressed about it. But like one of the things is, especially I think during COVID, I'm, I get bored easily. If I take two days yeah. off because I need to relax, it's fun for those two days and then I'm ready to go again. Mm-hmm. And it's because you don't have what I do. kids around at all time. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> and, and, you know, she's not as young as your kids either. Right, so exactly. She's kind of so, yeah. So it, it's like when I have that extra time and then I realize that I'm just sitting there on the couch with my phone mm-hmm. and I'm like, there's nothing else to do right now. I'll go back and work because why yeah. not? I mean, it, it's productive. I enjoy doing it. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it does help to love what you do because you definitely wouldn't go upstairs and to your office and work on things accounting free time <laughs> on excel yeah, lists for, for, you know what yeah. i feel like yeah. i feel like doing three hours of excel lists <laughs> yeah 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 not a big fan of that i do have to do that it's the first <sighs> yeah the first is the first is the worst yeah <laughs> there's so much accounting that needs to be done mm-hmm at some point after you know uh test. speaking of life hack uh you know how you normally give the mitch myers uh turn the uh toaster on the side to get uh bomb grilled cheese yeah on uh tiktok a whole bunch of times i've seen people putting steak into a toaster and it's cooking that. it yeah it's so weird that it actually works uh, what yeah, I mean, okay. it does, but yeah, but I mean, you're making a giant mess, you know. They were so worried about whether or not they could. They didn't ask whether or not they should. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that's funny. <clears throat> cool. Oh, well, we well, we yeah. appreciate you being on. Uh, we're excited to see what uh, develops your short, and people yeah. are, they want to follow you online. Where they, where can they get the latest uh, screen grabs and snapshots of what you're working on? I'll, I'll drop a few images here and there uh, in the in the near future. So it's it's, Instagram. it's getting along. Yeah, Instagram is is something where I dropped that on Twitter as well. Uh, not on my website okay, cool. because I try to keep it uh, of of course non commercial yeah. in terms of that. Mm. So my website is work only. Understandable. Um, but yeah, um, Instagram, uh, Twitter is, is something um, they can they can see that and uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. And cool. Your handle yeah. on Instagram is hr animator. Mm-hmm. Correct. In case you want to go check out his work. And on Twitter, it's HR yeah. Animation, so it's a little bit different. Gotcha. We'll put all the links in the show notes. You can check it out. Get your As long as they can get to your website, they can find all the things. Absolutely. Or and big Instagram, shout out also, so. I just see on the chat that uh, a couple of my Instagram friends are showing up and showing some love, yeah. like Gavin and Richard and uh, Sebastian. Uh, I saw that earlier saying hi, so uh, thanks guys for... Cool. For uh, showing up and uh, showing some love. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. Cool. Well, we're going to get out of here. You can rate us on iTunes. You can leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. Subscribe helps get our ratings up. And you can subscribe to our newsletter, which goes out almost every month. Didn't really get around to it in January. So the yeah. February one is coming out soon now that we have kind of our, our all of our specials, uh, our special ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. The, you can say you've been there, done that, got the t-shirt with the MoGraph logo T, the Paul Bab vintage Feel the Bab 2020 shirt. All the profits <laughs> from that go to Doctors Without Borders. The Render Things t-shirt hoodie and long sleeve tee, the, that render is fire shirt, which you are only allowed to wear ironically. Unless, unless you're, you're shams. <laughs> and then the MoGraph blandishment retro shirt 
check that out. MoGraph.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, MoGraph.com, all the things. Just do a Google search for us for yeah. the first result. Bam! Food? Google Food. Yeah. Been working on that for a while. All right. I think that's it. Anything cool. else? I don't think so. Robert, thanks all for right. being on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thanks uh, yeah, looking, for looking forward to being in. back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll hang out in person at One some day. point. Yes. Oh, definitely. One day. When we do our, our we'll post COVID European Iceland MoGraph trip. tour. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm so I'm so on it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. All right. Until next time. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And I'm Robert. Have a good one. See ya. Later, yo. I almost forgot to say the thing. I almost forgot I to say the thing. The thing. <laughs> you almost forgot to say the thing. What's the thing? Later, yo. It's pretty good, I guess. MoGraph.com, an online resource for motion graphic artists. Start your week with the MoGraph podcast. Industry news, interviews with your favorite artists, and terrible humor. Watch live shows and interviews from MoGraph events like NAB, SIGGRAPH, HalfRes, and local meetups. <laughs> Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world. Sometimes you gotta make stuff that you're not gonna put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. We gotta stop this thing, Rick! It's gonna kill us all! Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. Can you get that render done? Yeah, you better frame, frame what? MoGraph tutorials and online classes will teach you about Cinema 4D, After Effects, as well as other popular software and render engines. Throw in the HDR Studio, take the render settings, pick the HDR, put a reflection, and gorgeous. Branch into new software, learn time-saving tips, techniques, workflows, and lessons that'll keep you up to date in the world of motion design. Oh, brother, those are some of my favorite elves. I love projects that scare me. When our art director comes to us and asks for something that I had never done before, man, it gets me pumped. Join the conversation in our live sessions. Check out our plugins or join the hundreds of daily active users in our Slack channel for technical help, advice, contests, or just to joke around. Real nice banana. Ah, that's so funny. All right. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Subscribe today and get the latest updates on our YouTube and other social media channels. Take all your dreams and just do it! We don't care how you get here, folks. Just get here. Subscribe to MoGraph.com.